Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer. Well, it's episode number 23 of Off the Track. Welcome back to today's show, a dirt track racing podcast where we like to talk about our experiences in the sport as well as interview guests on their take and their role in the sport of dirt track racing. I'm your host, Tanner Holmes, and to my left, I have my best friend and co-host, Bennett Gooch. Bennett, how have you been? We're doing good. Uh, dude, there's so much stuff to talk about in today's episode. Uh, even as you guys see here, we have a whole different set kind of in the back. We have a lot to talk about there. We just went through a crazy thunderstorm. So, And not only that, is we just loaded up to go to Skagit as well, too. So for, for Dirt Cup. For Dirt Cup. So a lot of stuff to cover and a pretty eventful night for coming to shoot the podcast. I know we always plan to come down here and shoot and get it done, but uh, you know that thunderstorm was gnarly. Yeah, so to give you guys a little bit of a timeline, right now we are shooting this on a Tuesday, I guess. We are going to be leaving tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly when this show will be uploaded, but we're going to be leaving for Dirt Cup. So Dirt Cup is at the Skagit Speedway. That is about nine hours north, just north of Seattle, Washington, probably like an hour from the Canadian border. So like, you know, we're we're at maybe like the central part of the United States, I guess, if you looked at a map, like we're going all the way up yep. almost to Canada. And we also just returned from Ohio Speed Week, which was originally supposed to be eight races. One night got rained out. We ended up running six of the seven nights. But like Bennett said, man, so much went on just from even in the traveling there it took us three days to get out yeah. we raced for about a week and, and honestly looking back now it went by so fast i mean oh, yeah. it did but it didn't and a lot of you know trials throughout the nights a lot of small victories for our team and like bennett said we're going to be getting into that in today's show yeah when we uh first got in the toter to go there and it was probably like i don't know two or three hours into the ride and i had woken back up because we left at like what six yeah. and so i i slept for a little bit and i woke up and i'm like this is going to be a long week i'll tell you what and you know and then we just get through the first days and we get there and each night just went by like that and not yeah. only like it was so much fun and i think that's why it went by so quick is because we're just having fun I mean, new people, new racing, new, just a whole new experience for all of us. And, you know, just being able to talk to everyone while getting content, it just went by so fast. To kind of start off, I guess, with the trip, didn't we, let me guess, we left on the 8th, right? Yep. Tuesday the 8th. And we got there on the 10th, which was yeah. Thursday. So it took us about three days of driving. We could have mm -hmm. made it maybe about two and a half, but yeah. we'll kind of get into it. We had some yeah. traffic on the last day. But like uh, I guess you said, kind of to start the trip, we left here early in the morning on Tuesday uh, the 8th, yeah. about 6 a.m., 6.30, and we decided to head out Eastern Oregon. So there's two ways you could go. You could go out Eastern Oregon, yep. or you could drop down into South, California yeah. through I-5 and then head towards Winnemucca, Nevada, which is kind of where both routes meet. So we went out Eastern Oregon and then we got to Winnemucca and then we got on Interstate 80. Yep. And I guess just a couple things you guys saw in the travel vlog, but to talk about here on the podcast, the first day, there's not a lot of service. No. Like we are driving through just pretty much nothing. I mean, very, very rural towns. And if there actually, I should say, if there is towns, it's like every hundred miles, there's a town. <laughs> and in between, it's just like ranches and fields, no trees. And that's kind of how Eastern Oregon Oregon and and the whole state of um, Nevada until we get into Utah. Yeah, and one of the two, well, like, so the first day for me is like uh, kind of common. I've been I go through there multiple times throughout the year, so I was like, uh, it's just going to be one of those days. And like you said, just the service side of things. But with no service, that allows us to edit, and we do a lot of that 
on the road. And uh, we'll actually talk about that a little bit later, trying to get the podcast up on the road and the struggles we had with that. But it also gives us a lot of time to play inside line. So I think that was the first day we got to really play a new track, you know, at Sonoma. And I think we really like that track. Yeah. For anybody uh, that hasn't heard uh, our love for NASCAR inside line. So it's an Xbox 360 game. We play on controllers Mm -hmm. and we're able to do that on the road because if there is no service, we can fire up the Xbox. We're not like playing online through the internet. And we now mounted actually something we did before Ohio speed week is we mounted a TV in the RV because we did not have one up. So Bennett and my dad actually accomplished that. Yeah. So we did that. So then we could, you know, play video games or do something to kind of pass the 36 hour yeah. you know drive time by and we were playing inside line and one of our new favorite tracks is Sonoma yeah. and we hadn't really ran that before but because it's a road course it kind of adds a, a new factor into the equation so if yeah. you guys are big NASCAR guys even if it's not inside line yeah. maybe it's the heat series or whatever the new games are honestly I haven't played any of them after inside line yep. but we really enjoyed running Sonoma and we did that like I said kind of through Eastern Oregon Nevada We got into Utah, and throughout the day, we made a couple of stops. It Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, anything crazy. Get out for a minute, walk the dogs, because we had a five-person crew on the way out. My mom and my younger sister, Carly, they flew out, out, uh, but the rest of the crew was in the RV. And then I think the first, like, notable thing that we really enjoyed about traveling is the first night we got all the way to the western side of Wyoming. And in our travel vlog, we showed uh, the ice cream cones that you can get at the Little America truck stop. So the Little America truck stop, a lot of guys stop there on Interstate 80, I guess, whether they're heading our way or they're heading, you know, towards Ohio. And they have 75 cent ice cream cones. And I think you ended up getting two of them, didn't you? Yeah, I got two. And it was funny, like when we first got there, because I had never been here before. And you and Chris were describing it like this is this awesome place. And we get there and I just thought it was a normal truck stop. But you know, it's pretty awesome. And then they've got like probably the cleanest truck stop I've ever seen because they have like showers, bathrooms, but like it's not like a pilot. It's like way more organized and clean and unique because it's not like a chain of, uh, I guess, truck stops, you yeah. could say. And then we also spent a probably what, one, two hours in the yeah, probably at least two. lounge room there. So we had the lounge room ourselves, um, just editing videos. Yeah. And I think one of the things we finished was the podcast and we uploaded your video yeah. and then we attempted to get that podcast uploaded. Right? Well, so what ended up happening is, you know, we were doing a travel vlog each day yeah. and Bennett was more on schedule than I was because you're able to upload from your phone. Yeah. I, I, uh, film on my camera and then up like edit and upload everything on my phone. That way I just have service. Yeah. And so like his uploads, you know, off his phones, but my computer, yeah. I'm not able to transfer the video to my phone to try to get it uploaded, or at least I haven't figured out a way to do that and so I'm kind of relying more off like Wi-Fi so we stopped at the Little America truck stop for the night like I said Western Wyoming so we got you know pretty far from uh, where we're at in Southern Oregon but we went into the lounge there and we had a podcast to get up and then I was also trying to get up my first video but I wanted to make sure to try to get the podcast up and the Wi-Fi was so slow. Like, I, it just wasn't going anywhere. It got maybe to 10% after a couple of hours. Yeah. And so we tried stuff the next day uh, as we got going. And, and like you said, uh, the truck stop lounge was super nice, comfortable. There was nobody there. They had, yeah. like, a TV and a little bit of music playing and, yeah. and all that stuff. But to start day number two, I immediately woke up and I was trying to upload off a hotspot and it was actually rolling. Like, man, the podcast went all the way up to like 85% and then it stopped and then it crashed and then I had to do it again and then I had to do it again and I was trying and trying and trying and then I even tried my video and same thing, I'd get to like 92% and crash. 
And it was just a struggle. And eventually, I mean, I wouldn't say we gave up, but like literally I was using so much um, internet, it started to slow it down because I was yeah. hitting like our limits. Well, I think we came to the conclusion, you know, we are, we shot the podcast. It's not like we slacked and missed an episode. We got the episode done. Yeah. It just didn't come out on time. So we came to the conclusion, you know what? If you don't, if you're that upset, I'm sorry about it. But you know what? We got it done, and we got it uploaded eventually. Yeah, it was the the Blake Anderson episode. Yeah, and it was just a couple days late, but um, that was, I mean, that was a great episode. But uh, nonetheless, we did get it up. Yeah, Blake, uh, that was awesome getting the chance to talk to him, and we got to meet him at Speed Week. But mm-hmm. uh, day number two, so working hard at uploading videos, we stopped. Uh, one of our first stops early that morning was at that Abraham Lincoln uh, Memorial Monument. Yeah. That was kind of cool. That I'd never cool. seen that uh, on our trips east. Got through Nebraska, and then day number two on that night, we ended up stopping at a Love's truck stop, yeah. and that was a little bit not as clean. Not as clean. I don't know. Way more busy. Like, way more. Yeah, way more busy. Very, very busy, and that was in Iowa. I think that was just yeah. a little bit past Des Moines, and same situation. We went in there to try to get internet and get stuff uploaded, and I ended up having to pay like three ninety nine for internet. I think I got it for four <laughs> hours, yeah. and- it, it did the job for a video, but it still couldn't get the podcast up. So, like I said, that's why it was maybe, I guess, two two or three days late, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we did that. And then also, you didn't you take I, a shower? Yeah, so, I attempted to go. Well, I, was, I know they have trucker showers in there. So, I was like, you know what? I may as well go take a shower. It's two days. I haven't had we're, one. We're kind of bent. And we're, con- we're conserving from the toter homes. So conserving I was like, water. May as well go use one there. And I go and I went to go buy one. Well, if you fill up more than fifty dollars or fifty gallons, fifty gallons, 50 gallons you get a free free shower. So I scored on that and I go in there and it was just not up to par. It felt like I was just covered in slime. I don't know if that's common with those or what it was, but I was irritated. All right. Yeah. So I get all halfway cleaned as to what I felt. And I come back out, and then I think I went live on TikTok for the first time that night. And we had a lot of people watching too, which was pretty cool. So um, that was fun. Yeah, we did that, and we just kind of sat there and like to kind of we don't have a visual of this, but their lounge. So the little America Too, truck like, stop yeah. was like a bunch of chairs, cozy, like comfortable. Technically, <laughs> if you fell asleep there, you wouldn't be like it wouldn't be a bad thing, I guess. This though was like the worst lunch table you could see at your school, like yeah. booth at a restaurant. I don't know, and there was like. There was one of them, and then there and was- And it's a, in the hallway to go to the showers. Yeah. So everyone's walking past Yeah, you. there's that, and then also there's some couches that I definitely would not sit on. Like, these were- <laughs> These were, were ripped. These were ripped and old couches. So we're chilling in there till, like, 2 or 3 in the morning, like, trying to get this stuff up, and yeah. also checking in all of our stuff, and just, you know, doing, doing normal things for social media. So that ended up kind of being semi-successful, because some stuff uploaded, but some of it didn't. And then uh, moving into day number three, we just kept trucking along east. We did run into some traffic and tolls in Illinois. It was Illinois. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Illinois getting into Indiana. And then another thing was getting into the state of Ohio. We hit a toll and I think it was like 60. We got rinsed. It was like 64 or $67 to get into the state, which maybe that's normal. I don't know. But that seemed like very pricey for that toll. That just used up some of our fuel budget right there. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Well, we, we just don't have as much of that out here on the West Coast, no. I guess. I guess. So the only tolls you have in California are down uh, on the Bay Area. And there's only a couple bridges that have tolls. And other than that, there's really nothing, like I said, in Cali. Yeah, so we we rolled into Indiana, got to Ohio, and I think we got to Attica Raceway Park because we stayed in their parking lot. I think it was probably about, 
you know, nine, mm-hmm. nine o'clock in the afternoon or nine yeah, o'clock I think in the probably evening. probably nine to 10, right, right in there. And also when we're traveling, we're losing hours. So, you know, mm-hmm. as we hit, you know, on day one, the mountain time zone and then into central time and then into Eastern, Eastern time, because time, yeah. in Ohio, we're three hours ahead. So that was a little bit of an adjustment, but it was so neat. Once we finally got into the state, like there was just a certain vibe about like yeah. there's certain places we go and you're kind of like, man, I'm not sure if I'd really want to spend a lot of time here. Like it's cool that yeah. we're racing, we're having fun, but like once you're, once you're out of the area, it's not like a big deal. Mm-hmm. There was something about Ohio though, when we kind of rolled in just, it seemed like we were cruising through all these small towns and it was almost like we were in a different time period. Yeah. I don't know. Just like it, it was different than the West coast. And I, I don't know how to necessarily describe well, I think it. what it is, it's just culture shock. Like yeah. the culture out there is just way different. And I feel like out here on the West coast, especially in Cali, everything is just so fast paced going, evolving. Yeah. Whereas people back there are more laid back, you know, just, it's always green back there too, which is a change from here. It's always freaking dry and on fire like today down by my house and then uh like i said it's just culture shock like everyone back there is just chilling and just enjoying life there's also like a little bit of amish here and there which we don't see and so we rolled into attica raceway park we parked yeah finally it was like all right we can all relax for a minute yeah trips over or not the trips over the the, drive the drive out there is over fun is beginning we're at the first you know racetrack slash destination so we kind of make dinner we eat we sit at the back of the we actually put the back of the um, trailer door down and we sat there and we watched the dirt late model dream my mom and younger sister carly flew in got their rental car so they met us at the racetrack and we finally also got our first look at an ohio dirt track we walked up to attica there wasn't much light and it was really really wet it looked tiny that night it it looked way different yeah Yeah. if you've ever seen a dirt track for the first time and you just walk up to it your perception's way off we're like man it looked really small but it did look really wide and then once we woke up the next morning we're like all right it's a little bit bigger it's pretty big than we thought uh but the wide and the width was about the same so uh rolling into attica raceway park we were just like kind of like you said, a little shock, yeah. um, you know, seeing the culture, seeing the town of Attica. Well, and, and not, well, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what was kind of culture shock for us is you don't normally go to a dirt track and you have people already camping out Yeah. and there's already, and I think you'll, you'll like, you like the story as well is there's a lot of people already camped there and it's hot and humid in Ohio, I guess for us. So we had all the windows down and we're the first trailer there per usual first rig. And the campers are yelling at us like, Hell yeah. Like they yeah, were when we pumped. In. We we're pumped. They rolled in and then, you know, we're watching the dream a little bit. And I told Tanner, I said, Hey, let's go talk to these guys. Cause like, I don't know, it'd just be fun. So we go over there and these guys are partying. They're definitely a little intoxicated. They're tuned up they're, for sure. And having fun. Some of them are definitely really, really tuned up. They were yeah. probably like <laughs> sixth gear wide open hitting the chip and yeah, we walk over there and I'm not going to lie. Like I'm an outgoing person, but like I'm Ben, it's definitely more outgoing in that aspect. I was like, man, do we really got to go over here? Like what yeah. if these, you know, you just, you don't know what the interaction is going to look like, especially when like, like, um, Bennett was talking about when we rolled in, I mean, their arms are in the air, like first trailer yeah. rolling in and we're just trying to find the pit entrance. You know, we've yeah. never been to these places. We don't know where we're going. We're just trying to get in a spot where, you know, no one has a problem with us parking and whatnot. So, um, so we walked over to them, like Bennett said, they were kind of just partying, watching the dream. They couldn't get the sound on their phone or no, on the TV or something like that. So they tried to get us to fix it and we went to go fix it and they're like, no, don't turn it off. And we're like, (laughs) 
Yeah. All right, we're not going to try to fix it. Then. Yeah, they couldn't. They were watching Flow Racing, but they didn't have any volume to hear the announcers. Yeah. Uh, but that was kind of the first night, you know, getting into Ohio. We got a good night's rest, woke up the next morning, and then I think maybe about 11, we pulled into the actual pit area because yep. we were parked off of turn one, which is where I guess you kind of pull in just to the facility. Yeah. And then off of uh, turn three and four is where most of the rigs park. So we Great got, facility, by the way. Super clean oh, pits. Oh, one of the nicest, I think, of the weekend. So yeah. much room. You're not on top of each other. You can, heck, I think we even got away with parking our rental car in the, yeah. in the we, pit area. We parked it right next to us. And I think what was kind of cool about these pits is, so you pit on the outside of this horse race track, and then on the inside, there's a little bit of room too. So you have rows of haulers here, rows of haulers here, 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 like, and then on the track, which I think is cool. Like, I don't know... Uniform pitting is cool, but kind of a jumbled cluster that's kind of uniform, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, and I think the first night for us was kind of just adjusting. Like, we never ran with the All-Stars. So yeah. there's just little things that, like, aren't a big deal. But, you know, we went over, and uh, for the pit passes, since it's a big series, there's two lines. Yeah. There's, like, the All-Star members. So you have all the guys that run with the series regularly, and we, you know, we watch on Flow Racing. And then, you know, we have, I guess, all of us in the, in the other line, <laughs> you know, getting our yeah. pit passes. And since... I actually had turned 18 on the first night. I didn't have to fill out a minor release form. I know that was something we joked about yeah. uh, in the vlog, but just kind of adjusting to Attica, walked around the facility, wanted to see, you know, hey, where do we set up our stuff in the grandstands to be able to watch and really just getting the night started. Uh, you know, Attica ended up being a very, very difficult racetrack. Oh, it yeah. was, it's just, there's something about it. You know, I know a lot of the locals hyped it up and I think the track has a lot of potential, but it just built like such a big curb to start the night. I think I ended up qualifying sixth quick in our group. And, you know, there was just so much adjustment to the material in Ohio. Yeah. The, the, I keep saying the word curb, but I know a lot of you guys get on me because it's a cushion yeah. uh, out there. No, that was a curb. Uh, that was a curb no, for was, sure. That was night was a curb. It was a curb, but people comment on the stuff like, I, I know the, call it a cushion. I know the difference between a cushion and a curb. And if you watch my video off of four that night, that was a curb. When it is vertical, that's a curb. And that's what it was. Yeah, and we were just trying to get, I mean, I don't want to use the term just get laps, you know, we're there to be competitive, but like we're figuring out the surface so we got on hot lap you know get up to full speed and then qualifying is your best chance because you don't really have anyone else out there with you besides yeah. one other race car they qualify two at a time so we get going and it's just right around the top i mean yeah. there's not much to just pushing off not that it was easy to push off i don't think a single car really flew off the edge because mm -hmm. there was enough holding you but you know you're going in there and you're not lifting you're just you know gassed up and the main thing i think as far as like i mean mistake wise uh, in qualifying is i almost just got too buried into it i mean there's just so much it yeah. pulls your race car down well there's a really bad bump in four and also yeah. one thing i wanted to mention before i forgot i don't know what we did personally but we brought the track states from the west coast to ohio because according to the locals um fremont attica and sharon were tracks that everyone knows every night how they're going to be and those tracks were they've never seen it before. And everyone Which told us that. I know they're like I don't get it. They're like, no, that Attica is not a normal Attica. That's there's no way. And Cher, or, uh, Fremont was dead slick, which was awesome. But they're like, no way. That's it's never this slick and smooth. And then Sharon, we got told every night it's never going to take, take rubber. rubber, and it takes rubber. Yeah, so I don't, rubber. I don't know what we brought from the West Coast, but well, and I think also something to get into is like everyone's perception on what is a good racetrack is different than like our perception or yeah. other fans because like some people like a racetrack will be super neat like honestly yeah. I like Fremont and mm -hmm. people will come up to me and be like dude I'm so sorry how bad the track is yeah. like it's horrible it's rocky and I'm like 
dude, you should see what we that have on the your West new Coast. Favorite track. I was like, like there's no rocks out there at all. What do you mean? Like, yeah. dude, we literally walk out to some of our tracks in Oregon and like you can like fill up buckets, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's just different. But uh, back to night number one, you know, we kind of had a tough heat race as well. One of the first things I think we learned and was a little bit of a wake up call is just with like trying to get the, or with trying to get the car right is these Ohio surfaces are just so dirty yeah. and they don't really clean off a lot. And at the same time, when they don't clean off, they stay fast. So you're still on the gas. You're still trying to run the top. You can also work through the middle because it's not really slick like it is, yeah. but it's all about momentum and wing speed. And so the first night at Attica was just a struggle to get that figured out. After we didn't run great in the heat race, we ran that C main event. And that was probably some of my best laps yeah. of the whole week. Like, I don't know what happened or what changed. Part of it maybe being in clean air and just being able to kind of almost run a hot lap session. But I started front row outside and I think it was like an eight or 10 lap C main. Yeah. And I know it was a C main with the all-stars, but we won it. Yeah, and I think that was probably my con most controversial video. So apologies for that, but... I remember standing on top of the hauler and I was going nuts. I mean, you were like, I think someone said you were in a whole different area code in the all-star C main. Like it was nuts. Like, I don't know what it was, but Tanner Holmes doesn't normally run the curb that hard, but you were running the curb. Hard. Yeah. I just kind of wanted to, you know, try some or not try different things, but like one of the biggest things that I work on when I'm going to new racetracks, or I should say like, no matter what track I'm going to is like trying to find the limits. And I yeah. feel like if I can just get a couple of good laps under my belt, then I know, or like I have that certain expectation, maybe the word is for myself, like, all right, if I ran it that hard last lap, like I can do that this lap. Yeah. But when you're out of sorts, like in a heat race in the back and you're not getting going, you're not getting in a rhythm, mm -hmm. it's hard to know what to do because you're almost just like flailing around, you know, yeah, on the yeah, track yeah. and like diving low and diving high and you're getting, uh, you know, you're trapped in dirty air and, and at a track like Attica, I feel like that is, that can be kind of huge. Yeah. And so the C main went good. We won that. And then we had a lot of confidence going into the B main, but what we ended up learning is that dirty air. It's, it's, it's really tough. And you said it's very hard to see out there too. Yeah. With the track being so dirty, you know, that creates the dust and just a lot of material, I guess you could say flying through the air. Yeah. And so when you're behind other race cars, I mean, we even started right there behind Rico and I don't think he, I mean, he didn't transfer, but he, I think he was even still three or four or five spots, you know, out of the transfer and he started yeah. in the back of the B. So he moved forward, but Attica and, you know, I know guys said that it was different than normal, but it just never really slowed down and that made yeah. it super difficult to pass. And so like in the B main, you know, I wouldn't say we were completely all over the place, but it's just, it's hard to get going because guys in front of you are running different lines, which affects the line you're running. So then you can't run the top and get your right rear in the right spot. And it, it just throws the whole system out of whack. Yeah. I think a lot of locals had come up to me and, and you probably, and told, told us that they normally take the curb off. Like they'll completely grade it off after qualifying and maybe the heat races, but that night they never touched it. I mean, I think they reworked it a little bit after the heat races, but it was still a curb, and I think that's what kept it fast on top. Yeah, the top was good, and then eventually it got so tall by the end of the night that in the A-Main event, they actually just started working, at least in three and four, the where middle. I think it was the largest. They just started working through the middle, which yeah. is where I talked about that wing speed. And, and what an incredible battle between, uh, it was Ian Madsen, and Peck. Uh, Peck, and those guys were going at it, and even at one point, I mean, they, I don't know how they didn't wreck. I think Peck ended up getting Peck, sideways. Peck but, yeah. I mean, Ian Madsen, I think they were right rear to left front, and that was just uh, an exciting show to watch yeah. from the stands which you never want to watch from the stands because you want to be out there but it also gives us a chance to kind of like sit back 
and, and, and see how hard these guys are driving, the lines they're working, and, and just really the incredible competition that we're up against. Well, you watch it all the time on Flow Racing, and then you get there in person, and you're like, wow, these guys actually drive so hard. It's yeah. insane. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Watching it online is just kind of like you don't really understand and see how hard these guys are driving it. Well, and also how easy it looks online. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, people don't get how easy it looks. Like, I'm not going to say that I, I, I have I have respect for those guys. Like, I knew yeah. going into it, it was going to be a challenge. But I think it just completely puts it even more into perspective yeah. when you see it in person. I guess if you're from out there, that's just what you're used to. You're used to watching All-Stars, Outlaws, uh, some of the other 410 series. But guys on the West Coast here where, you know, 410 racing is not as strong. Yeah. And even 360 racing, you know, we have, like, a lot of limited stuff. So we're used to seeing the cars at, like, yeah. a limited pace or a 360 pace with some of the bigger series we have out here. But other than that, we're not seeing 900 horsepower sprint cars and guys, you know, literally racing for a living, yeah. you know, $6,000 to win each night of speed week and every spot is points. So it, it was yeah. just, um, it was nuts to see the battles that they had up front. Yeah. I think a one, one good point to bring up there is like, it's almost an easy way to say everyone's racing for a ride all the time. Yeah. And like we saw the past week, Ian Madsen had lost his ride and I think Spencer Basin had come in. So, you know, you're just always racing for a ride. And I think that's just how those people are out there. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to know, obviously every situation right, the right, right, and outs of, of what's going on, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, things, things can change very quickly. Yeah. So moving on to night number two of speed week that was at Fremont and I think the first thing to mention about Fremont if you guys have ever been to this racetrack it just felt like an older facility and not in yeah. a bad way like it was almost like a classic Nostalgic. dirt track from the 60s the 70s they had their own hall of fame just for the speedway yeah. so we checked that out and I think they had a car from Jeff Gordon in there yeah. I don't remember all the other guys but man it was it was such an experience and I think if you ever have the chance to be at that racetrack you should you know take a second to walk around and check it out that's right and I think what was kind of unique about that is it's a fairground so you, you're parking in between some like other uh, animal show stuff for FFA and then all, not to mention too across the street is an auction yard so there's live auctions going on for like tractors and stuff and then across the street over here is like this like live street fair and so we're coming in and it's kind of just like chaotic and it's but tight. It's, it's really tight and packed in and like you said it is almost like one of those step back in time almost tracks but I thought the race in there was awesome. And there was a ton of fans as well. Yeah, there was only so many spots to park like our super long rig because mm -hmm. we're longer than probably 90% of the people. So I don't know how we packed as many cars in as we did. No idea. No idea. And once everyone's there, like it is, it's just too wide getting like down to staging yeah. because you have to go through the whole pit area. But one thing I did like about it is the grandstands were so close to the pits. There was just yeah. one little gate you could walk through. So you had access to the fans and they had like... Uh, I guess every single night, you know, had all the t-shirt trailers and mm -hmm. um, I guess a mini fanfare, you could call it. But oh, well, what to mention too about that is like normally like let's say Attica and um, I believe Sharon and probably Muskie, like they, the fan area where it was like pretty big. So there's like a lot of room in between trailers, but here it's tiny, like it's packed and people park all the way to the front of the, the, um, spectators gate and like they have like you we walk through it yeah and it's shoulder to shoulder walking room in between the fan or the merch trailers and whatnot and i thought that was pretty cool like it really funnels people in. yeah there. you have to like we had to like park our quad and then like actually walk in there because mm -hmm. there's just not enough room uh, as far as the racetrack we walked up to it right when we got there and it was like hard the surface yeah. was like it was not like they had ripped it up or i don't know what their track preparation looks like yeah but i can tell you i knew right away i'm like it's gonna 
be super slick. It's going to take rubber. And That's sure, what we thought. Yes. And sure enough, we rolled out there for mud pack in like a couple of the spots you could see, like not dust, but just the marbles. Just the whiffs. Like yeah. where there's, there's no water and there's no water be- beneath the surface. Yeah. And so we got going and we had a pretty, we had a pretty solid group. And as far as qualifying went there, it was slick. Like it the bottom had no grip and there was just a little bit of um, a grip patch. I wouldn't even call it a patch, like maybe up by the ledge. Off the top. And it wasn't yeah. even a curb either. It was, it was also patchy at the same time. Like it wasn't just like, all right, there's grip all the way around mm-hmm. where your right rear would be placed. It was like, all right, there was a little bit of left rear grip, like maybe on entry and then that fades. And then there's also some right rear grip in the center and then that fades. And then you almost have to like get it back down. Um, a little bit lower on exit, like the corners were just weird. And I knew right away that I think we were going to kind of like this place because it had a couple of factors from watching that kind of fits my driving style. It's not like Attica where it was fast and, you know, it never really slowed down. It was slick and it was slow. It was technical too. And technical. And it slowed down a lot throughout the night, almost to where you you didn't need the 900 horsepower that, you know, these 410s have because the track's so small and it almost races smaller than the track itself. Yeah. Because you're just always, you're not on the gas. So we qualified a fourth quick in our group. And that was so critical with the yeah. All-Stars. Because we got to be on the front row of a heat race. On the pole, actually. And they took, um, yeah, on the pole. And they only take four out. And mm-hmm. every heat race and every group's fast. So it's so important to qualify good. And if you can, get in that dash spot. Because if you don't make the dash, I mean, yes, you're still in the show. But you're not starting any farther up than like 13 yeah. to 14. And I think that track, too uh specifically would have been a great track to start up front on because like you said i think visibility there was pretty bad as well yeah visibility was kind of not the greatest you know because of the sun and whatnot as the night went on uh towards the aiming event it did kind of clear up because it was almost like so slick and smooth that there wasn't a lot of dust if that makes sense uh so we ended up you know the heat race I, i wouldn't say it was like a controversial start that's not the right word but it was uh it was questionable. It, 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 it's like if you come to Red Bluff for the first time in an open and you start on the front row and you don't know where to start here, you're just not going to win into turn one. And I think that's just kind of what it was is, you know, you uh, you started and I see we're going to be biased. We thought it was a jump. I mean, that's yeah. just what we thought. But, you know, maybe watching it back on flow, uh, you could have definitely as the race leader, yeah. the starter could have went. A lot sooner, yeah. But at the same time, it was your race to start, hundred percent. But you know, it's just whatever it goes, side it you goes look both at. ways. And I think like it was a, a, a learning, like a learning it was moment a great too. Learning you know, because yeah. on the initial start, you know, it depends. So like, what we have a lot out here is, well, I guess the first thing to mention is I didn't want to get called for a jump because like, how bad would that suck if you start on the front row and then you yeah. jump to start? And I just learned like, not that they um, have a lot of leeway on both ends. But, you know, throughout, I guess, the week, it's not like they called a lot of jump starts. Yeah. So uh, I was trying to start in the grip, and I did, I should have probably just, you know, been on the gas a little bit more or at least, like, turned or turned, uh, like, going off the corner, yeah. um, you know, to make my move for starting the race. And the outside car, uh, he was able just to get enough of a run to where, like, I mean, there's almost nothing I could have done. So yeah. that was just my mistake to not play my cards right. And that was just something like, all right, now in future, you know, like, hey, this is what got to be done on the start. And also, these these guys are veterans. They're going to, you know, play their cards the best way yeah. to put them in a spot to, you know, benefiting <clears throat> um, in the outcome. So we ended up running second in the heat race, but we were really fast. I think whoever gets out front there probably wins that heat. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it was just super slick. Um, and, and one thing that was different about Fremont to mention is there was grip, but it was on the outside of the straightaway. So usually yeah. there's grip down low on the straightaway and where everyone runs slicks off. 
but it was the opposite. It was where, on the outside. Where everyone exit. runs is mm-hmm. where the grip was. So like you would kind of like float through the center of the corner and you're trying to just keep your tires under you, keep momentum. You hit the grip and then the cars like shoot down the straightaway because yeah. once they find grip, I mean, they toss the front end, they wheelie and they just go. You can see them. It's kind of a, it's kind of a cool sight. And then going into three, it was kind of a little bit around the bottom. And yeah. like I said, everyone just pedaling it. So we ended up running second in the heat race. And then in the A main event, we started 14th. And I think we had the car pretty close. There was a couple of things I think that could have helped me a little bit. But for the most part, I just wasn't able to get going. It took me so many laps. And a lot of those guys, uh, you just, you know, you I, I couldn't get enough of a rhythm to even be in a good spot, I guess, to block. And so um, one of the biggest things I found out about Fremont is even as the track slicks off, not necessarily one and two, but three and four, you can actually kind of fire it off in there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with the field load and stuff, I just wasn't able to get into a spot to where I was able to do that lap after lap after lap. So like we battle with some cars and we lose some spots, battle with some cars, lose some spots. And then eventually, obviously, the leaders came around. But I think as far as the surface was, it was actually a pretty good, you know, pretty good surface for racing. You could work the top. You could work the bottom. And they had a last lap pass, you know, in the at yeah. the front of the last field. Last corner. Uh, Cole Duncan. With Cole tubbed, Duncan. I think it was Dietrich. Dan, Danny Dietrich. Yeah. So he went around the outside and, I mean, just, you know, got him at the line. See ya. Yeah. And, and Cole Duncan, that's kind of his style. He's one yeah. of those locals out there that is extremely fast. So uh, Fremont Speedway, I think that was one of our more favorite tracks of the week because, you know, it was smooth. It wasn't super rough. It had a couple of different lines. And overall, I think it put on a pretty good show for the fans. Yeah, and I think one of the cool things, too, is when we first first got there, this was one of the first times I've ever seen a safer barrier at a dirt track. And I I think I mentioned it in my video, or that may have been the video where it, like, lost a clip. But the safer barrier is a really hard foam block, but it's, like, it's pretty solid and if you hit it it would give away and then one of the other cool things there is qualifying is awesome to watch at fremont and you're sitting on the wall too which was pretty cool and normally you don't sit that close to a track i guess the only other place that was closer than that was definitely uh sharon out of turn two oh yeah but also fans at fremont turned out like, I don't think we, the last fan probably didn't leave until probably like 1130, maybe 1145, yeah. but it was awesome. Like the pits, there were so many people that came and said hi. The pits were empty and like going into speed week, I think something to know is like, we had no idea what to expect. Yeah. We don't, we have no idea. We've never been to Ohio. We made our Midwest trip last year. So like we have some numbers we can base stuff off, like how much merch to have. And we brought more, we, I brought all the merch I had for the week and yeah. I, I, I was pretty much out by the night number six. Like if we would have went to Portsmouth. Smith, I pretty much would have. I think would have sold out. Oh yeah, like I mean, I have literally like less than uh, double digit shirts left. Like literally, like ten or fifteen shirts left. So, Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, Fremont, so many fans, and you know, everyone was kind of pulling out right after the A main event. But we obviously stuck around, and it was just cool. I mean, we get we get a little bit of time to talk to people when there's that many. You know, you kind of have to go through quick, so like you try to make it the most meaningful interaction as possible. Like get a picture, where you're from, like kind of all those quick things. Like yeah, you want an autograph? Like you know, we have our autograph pictures, or people want us to sign shirts, but. It's just a great chance to get to talk to everyone. And I think that was one thing about Fremont is even though we weren't even parked in a great spot for fans, they they all found a a way to get to us. Well, and that's one of the cool things too, is I think like, so we had supporting classes most, I think every night. And then after the main events done, then the supporting class mains would run every other track, mostly 50% to 70% of the fans were gone after the all-star main. But I'll tell you what, I think the Fremont locals 
love racing so much. The support class was the 305s yeah. that race there. Super racy. Super racy, and they race there all the time. So I think all the fans had their local favorites. So that's what really helped us as they stayed around for the 305 racing. And then after that, you had fans coming to talk to the 305 local guys, and then you had fans coming to talk to us, whereas a lot of the other all-star teams had pulled out just, you know, probably to get down the road to a wash and then go to the hotel for the, the day off the next day. But uh, like I said, it was awesome. Tons of people came out. And I think one of the stories to tell after Fremont that just kind of popped in my head, we did make a McDonald's run after. So we, oh we, had, we had a Sunday off. <laughs> yeah. And this was kind of eventful now that I think about it. Yeah. So Sunday, we were planning on doing a wash maintenance and then head to Wayne County. Mm-hmm. Well, since it was super late and once all the fans left, we're like, man, we made a little or my mom had made dinner, but we had or it was, so dinner. Well, what you're trying to say is dinner was made earlier in the night. But racing was like that. Yes. And then right after the main was done, we had fans all the way through until we were the last person there and dinner we just don't, got cold. We do, well, it wasn't, it wasn't even that too. It was like we don't even always eat, right? Uh, we don't always eat at the end of the night. Like sometimes oh, yeah, we yeah. eat after qualifying or the heat races, depending on. So like we had kind of yeah. like already eaten dinner. So this was more like a late night. Like it's not like we we made dinner and we're like, hey, we're just going to go to McDonald's yeah, you know, type yeah. deal. So anyway, there's a McDonald's literally like three minutes down the street because there's a Walmart. There's oh, a couple of wait, other quick, things. Wait, quick mention when you bring up the Walmart thing. It reminded me uh we almost got kicked out of walmart and that was kind of a funny story so (laughs) what we did to finally get the podcast uploaded right yeah as we went to walmart because walmart has the best wi-fi the best wi-fi and so so we're in there tanner's doing a little instagram clip and i'm actually filming myself buying diecast cars with an employee behind me no one says a word to me and i'm filming the product and stuff and then Tanner's literally just doing a quick little Instagram clip. And Which I guess guy, I was yelling. I didn't, I, oh, you were I, loud. I'm a super yeah. loud talker. Like, I'm a really <laughs> loud talker. Yeah, and so this this homeboy pulls up on Tanner, and he's like, uh, why do you record, what are you recording in my, uh, what are you recording right, in my in store? store? And he's like, why do you got the laptop? And I'm like, like oh, yeah. what's going on? And then um, I know Tanner kind of locked up a little bit, so I come around the corner, and I'm like, here, I'll handle this guy. And uh, it turned out he was pumped. And so a lot of people go and mess with this Walmart, I guess. But he thought it was awesome. Yeah, we were just in there kind of doing like normal stuff, like trying to get some footage or maybe some stuff to put on yeah. our hard drive for future videos. I was kind of just talking. I mean, I was giving Walmart credit for their Wi-Fi oh, yeah. because um, I think, you know, my video uploaded in literally three minutes, like five yeah. times faster than what I have at home. But he ended up becoming a fan and he said he was going to check out the channel. So yeah. that was just one of those interactions. Like it was a positive interaction off of yeah. something he just, you know, he was being he was doing his job yeah. uh, and being caught. But while we were at the Walmart, that's where we saw this McDonald's. Yeah, so there was a McDonald's right there. So we're like, hey, let's go maybe get McFlurry or let's go get a little bit of food or something. So we drive on over there. Granted, we're in our rental car, car, which I guess technically me both all of us or i guess me and you because we can drive we technically can't drive the rental we're not 25 we're not yeah whatever the age (laughs) is but we're like you know all right so we're headed there and so that was just right down the street so it wasn't a big deal yeah and carly's with us by the way yeah so it's three of us in the car so we pull up to uh the you know the the thing to order the mic thing yeah yeah, the mic and they we so we pull up i roll down the window and it says like hey mcdonald's it's like this like welcome to mcdonald's (laughs) way more can i get you yeah that that exact voice it repeats it and I'm like, uh, how late do you guys open? We're like, we don't, we don't hear nothing. Yeah. And no, I'm like, what? So there's like two of them, you know, every McDonald's has two yes. entries. So we throw the deal in reverse. I pull in the next one. I'm like, all right, maybe it's dead. Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you? And, and then they, they, they say nothing. I'm like, what's going on? Well, yeah. I figured it, you know, it wasn't even, it was only like midnight or a little after. So I, I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was closed. Either they just closed but, or. But here's the thing. Carly was so eager to go. She looked up online and it said 24 hours. So we're like, yeah, okay. We're confused. So we pull up to the first window 
and there's nobody. So we pull up to the second window and there was yeah. people, they open it. We're like, Hey, are you guys open? And they're like, no, we're closed. And we're like, Oh, just a heads up. Your, your mic deal over there is it's going on. It's going off. Like, you know, you guys are, you know, are open, open for business. Yeah. So we do that. And they're like, oh, so they start asking us questions. We're like, yeah, we're just down the street at Fremont. We just finished racing. Yeah. And Bennett was like, hey, do you guys have anything, you know, left over or whatever? And oh, so, and they- that, so that's normally kind of a thing is like yeah. if you show up late and you're the only one there, sometimes fast food places will give you some free food yeah, cause they, just because they don't want to throw, throw it out. They're right. going to throw it out. And so uh, they had a couple of things we ended up not taking. I think they had like a strawberry pie or some sort of pie. Yeah, we got a drink, though. But they're like, hey, do you guys want some free drinks? So they gave us yeah. some free drinks. And we're like, all right, sweet. Yeah. But is there another McDonald's that's open that's 24 hours? Yeah. And there was. And so we hop on. I don't know if it was an interstate or a highway, but, you know, we're just getting directions from our phone in the mm. state of Ohio. We don't know where we're headed. So we're just listening to where it's taking us. And, so and we're this kinda, is Carly navigating, by the way. Yeah. So I'm trying to get directions from her in the back seat. You know, we hop on. We're, we're cruising. I'm like, hey, you know, no matter what, we're going to, you know, do the speed limit and be safe because we are in a rental car. But yeah. anyway, that's besides the point. So we find the McDonald's. We wait there for like an hour. They had the longest long line. line yeah. We got food though. Uh, Bennett was live on TikTok, so we were kind of doing that. And then we get back to the racetrack. But that was our little McDonald's story. Well, of- well, one of the funny things coming back to the track is I think we got lost for a split second. Like we're going down these like roads, back and roads. These back roads, and like the way we drove, I would have not thought it was the way we went. No, but we ended up coming around the backside of the Walmart. And I was like, how did we get over here? Yeah. Because like the way we went was like a one way to get there. So on our way back, like, like I said, the GPS is taking us down some back roads and we're like, we're just hoping we get close to the racetrack and we recognize something like the intersection where you can turn off to Fremont and we ended up getting close enough. So that was our little, we saw Fremont at night. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. That was about the most we got out throughout the whole week. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but then we had Sunday, our off day, wash, maintenance, normal stuff. Got to see Wayne County. Had a couple of fans come up to us at Wayne County before the actual night of racing. Mm-hmm. Watch so, the all-star race. So that was a positive interaction. Yeah, Bennett watched the all-star race. We did some editing, just kind of normal stuff on the off day. Yeah. Uh, but moving into Wayne County, Wayne County, night number three, man. We walked up to that place, and I think it was just like, a, I don't know what the best way to describe it would be, but it was like a very positive, like, this place is going to cool. be sweet. Yeah. This place is going to be really, really fun. And we walked up to turn one, and a lot of people compare turn number one and two to Tulare out here on the West Coast, the yeah. Ohio guys that have ran both racetracks. And I think that there was definitely some truth to that. Yeah. And I think that was uh, one of our highest car counts of the week. We had 50 or 49 yeah. stacked group. I ended up having Larson, Madsen, Captain. He just won the all-star race. Yeah, so he had won a million bucks, and then he came and he Not was running with Not even 24 us. hours, and he's racing yeah, in, cars. Incredible. He ended up winning the night. You guys obviously saw that. But mm-hmm. uh, our thoughts on Wayne County, really, really nice facility. Incredible. I know we keep talking about the fans, but like Wayne County had one of the largest grandstand sections probably all week. Yeah. And one thing that stuck out to me is, and this is just Ohio in general, but Wayne County, one of the home track or hometown heroes is uh, Sheldon and Jack Hoddenchild. Yeah. And Jack was supposedly, I think that was Jack's last, last race, race there, there, but it's not his last race of the year because yeah. he's on the tour. He's, you know, kind of doing like his farewell tour, you know, an incredible career. And so they were selling, I think it was Rico selling all of his merch. Yeah. He was selling like, you know, the wing panels and um, they had a uh, Hoddenchild flags or Hoddenchild flags. And so every single time, you know, uh, Jack made a move or was sliding people or racing people up front. People are going nuts. People are throwing their arms in the air. They're yeah. waving the flags. There was one dude under yellow. He was like waving his flag 
dog at Jack and yelling at him. And <laughs> he, would, he would run just, the, the line of the stands. Yeah, he would like, the green flag would go and he'd run all the way down the front straightaway. This guy was pretty tuned up, but yeah. uh, just, it was so cool to see people so involved with the sport and like how attached they felt because we just don't have that as much out no, here. And, and that I, was a refresher moment. What I think really like, it opened my mind up to that. It was the very first night. Like I said, we don't have people that normally camp out for races on the West Coast unless it's maybe Dirt Cup or, you know, maybe a uh, Trophy Cup or, you know, the Peter Murphy the, Classic. Other big Those events. are pretty much the only ones. And so what really showed me is it's almost like NASCAR. You go to the track, you camp out, you have your fan and or you have your driver and you're that you're his fan. Well, on the dirt track, when we went and talked to multiple people the first night at Attica, uh, there's a lot of Cap Henry fans, and that's just because of local. local. And it just showed me, like, these people here got their fans that they or their driver that they come out and watch each weekend. And so, uh, you know, we had a ton of those people, and I think they were actually so excited to come out and finally support you, which is a yeah. whole new kid in town on the block. And uh, it just goes to show that everyone there is a diehard fan of their driver, and you're not going to persuade them even if you make a hero move. Well, and also how serious it is. Like, they yeah. are attached. This is not like, no, like, hey, I just, I love this driver. Like, this yeah. is like, I'm buying their merch. I'm supporting them. I'm going to stand up every single time they make a hero heroic pass. Oh, and yeah. Like, they are into it just as much as our teams, and, you know, they want us to win as much as we want to win. Uh, as far as Wayne County's surface, it was really dirty like Attica. Yeah. But I thought it was, uh, you know, very racy. You could kind of run through the middle a little bit. You could run the bottom. You could work the top. Yeah. And uh, in the A main event, a lot of the guys were just ripping the curb down at one end. And then three and four, you could kind of go. Uh, Larson was both just ways. so straight on the wall, like literally watching everyone else in the main event. And I was actually fortunate enough. Uh, they also watching allowed us the infield. Yeah, they allowed us to pit on the infield, which was the first track on the week. And if you've never been on the infield of a four ten sprint car race, it's so cool. But uh, watching from the infield there, like Larson, like my dad said, is he's just like, a, I, 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 I got to remember the word, so but he's straight, so straight and he just also, technical. He can also go through, like, when he slides people and goes through the middle, yeah. he doesn't, like, lose time. He's know? an architect. Yeah, he he's an architect behind the wheel in traffic in a sprint car. He doesn't lose time. He's able to slide people, catch the grip off, and then also cut him back off down the straightaway. Like, just a yeah. lot of moves. And there was other people you know, throwing some really good sliders. And honestly, felt like the racing throughout the whole top five and the top 10 yeah. was exciting. Oh, uh, yeah. We, you know, like I said, we had a stack group and then we had our B main event. And in the B, you know, we made some good progress and I felt like the car was also really good. That's one of the struggles going to all these new tracks. You know, we don't have a notebook. So we're, mm -hmm. you know, we're attempting to make moves and get the race car better and try to find some drive and get it tight enough because these surfaces that are so yeah. dirty, you can almost get them tighter than you think because you kind of have to. You're running on top of material yeah. instead of just necessarily a hard surface. But we committed to the bottom and man, my car was, it was going and it was driving and the wing was in the trunk and um, you know, it, it was fast, but we just weren't able to make up enough ground or, you know, have a couple good yeah. laps at the beginning to transfer. Uh, but I think Wayne County, that was definitely one of the other really, really positive and exciting tracks yeah. of the week that like, man, I would love to go back there literally tomorrow night yeah. and, you know, give it another go. Um, moving in, I think to a now night number four, the yeah. Sharon Speedway, which was another oddball. I think to talk about, you know, yeah. just, uh, each track each night, none of them were the same. I mean, they have a couple similarities, but I mean, Fremont to Attica is way different. Fremont to Wayne County is different. Yeah. And then Sharon is unlike 
all of them. It's yeah. it's it's something like I've never seen before. And so seeing a racetrack like that for the first time, you know, we had to definitely get up on the wheel. So the Sharon Speedway, I believe it's classified as a three eighths mile, which it seemed a little bit smaller than that, but I guess maybe like around the outside wall. Yeah. But one of the interesting things about that place is just how slick it gets. I mean, oh, yeah. Fremont, we talked about marbles being on top of it and maybe a little slick in some spots. But I mean, this place, when we rolled out slick. for engine heat, we think we did one lap. I mean, and, and there's no water. There's no water. You don't Nothing. even, I don't even know if you need tear offs. And it's funny too, is we went out there to get clips prior beforehand for the YouTube channel, like a first look at some clips and the water trucks just making passes. Like they're dropping water all over it. And then uh, we go out for engine heat and then hot laps and it's literally throwing dust. It's bone slick. And that's kind of how it was in all the videos we watched on flow before. So like, that's one thing we're also trying to do is like, find qualifying clips, try to find yeah. a main event footage. The outlaws ran there like three weeks prior. So we saw that when a uh, Blaney won. Yeah. And so you kind of have an idea, but at the same time, these racetracks, you know, they're just different on some nights and there's so many factors like Sharon. Yeah. It was extremely windy. So that yeah. took a lot. Now, granted, there's never any moisture in the racetrack, but that definitely did not help and, and contributed to being a yeah. problem. And so qualifying was pretty much on the fence. And yeah. we went out in group one, which I think was better for me because uh, I think we had a 53 car field and obviously going out 53rd versus first, yeah. you know, there's th what grip there was on the wall was gone by the last guy. And at least yeah. the first guy, you know, I think the track was almost two seconds whole faster. Yeah. So we went out, I think we were the 11th car and just working on running the curve and trying to be, you know, yeah. as straight as you can. And I, the tires under you on the straightaway, but in the corner, since you can't have your right rear in the grip, you can be on the gas a lot more. Yeah. So it's weird. It's like the complete opposite. Like usually, you know, some tracks, maybe you drive it in hard on entry and then you slow down. But Sharon is like, you want to be as hard through the corner as you can. And then down the straightaway, you almost have to pet. That's where you almost have to pedal it a little bit. You almost have to pedal it a little bit because that's where your RPMs rev up and then yeah. get into the corner when your right rear does find a little bit of grip and you can kind of like just um, ride the cushion. You know, you don't want to bury it in it too much. But like I said, there's a fine line and it's almost forgiving in a way. I know yeah. we saw a couple of guys have had have incidents in qualifying which you never want to see yeah. but it wasn't like maybe like watching Tulare in qualifying where every single time you're holding your breath you know you go through the corner yeah. and you can tell immediately if a guy's going to get through it fast or if he's going to have problems yeah I think a good way to describe Sharon too is that's the first time I think you ever have and I've ever seen uh, we had to detune the motor and what people don't know about detuning is just dropping horsepower. That's all it is that way, you know, 900 horsepower on that slick of a track. There's no reason. There's just no reason. So what you do is you just detune it, what you drop horsepower so you can get more traction down. And, uh, I think we that's pretty much every team. I mean, I know, every team. Yeah. And no, like, every like team. even other tracks throughout the week, it, it all just depends on like, you know, what you kind of want to do with your program and whatnot. Yeah. But I know we were pitted next to like Eliason and Courtney throughout mm -hmm. the week. And like the second qualifying's over, because I guess, you know, people always joke, you need the 900 horsepower for two laps. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, you, you really don't. So right. a lot of those guys were trying to detune and there's obviously many different methods that you can do and everyone kind of does it their own way, yeah. but they're trying to kill power because as a driver if you have all that power it's just easier to make mistakes yeah. and i think as a fan too sharon speedway uh, a lot of fans came and told me how much history the track actually has behind it with what blaney's had done to it it used to be a half mile asphalt track but i think fan wise watching qualifying there is so much fun like uh, i know i normally will watch you for qualifying maybe one or two cards and then go back to the trailer but 
Uh, I stayed and watched the whole qualifying because it was on the wall. I got great clips. It's just so cool to see. And you can stand right there. They have a great viewing yeah. point, which adds to that experience. And so we qualified a fifth quick in our group. We missed that invert for the All-Stars by one. Yeah. And we had another good group at Sharon. And so going into the heat race, I was like, all right, you know, what are some things that may be done in the past that can help me? And yeah. one of that is like, okay, so yes, everyone's qualifying on the wall, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're all going to race on the wall right. because, you you know, you have, you're behind cars. They're going to make different decisions that are going to affect your line. So I'm like, all right, let's actually throw a game plan out there to try to run the bottom. Yeah. And that's what we ended up doing. So everyone goes in the first corner and they all kind of run like a slider line. Well, I think going into the corner, we were sixth, but we came out in fourth. And I'm yeah. like, all right, this is going to work because yeah. you can just carry or you can keep your tires under you and it's so much shorter around. And unless you hit the curb, you know, perfectly lap after lap, you're not going to really drive by someone. I mean, no. if you're fast, you're fast and you're going to go through the field. But, you know, unless you have, like I said, those perfect laps. So we ended up getting into third at one point, And then you saw what happened on the last lap. If you guys saw the vlog, yep. which I think like we talked about, it's just unfortunate. Uh, yep. Danny Dietrich was behind me and he was in fourth, which is a transfer spot. And then I was in third. Yeah. And I just, you know, honestly, I don't really think I did anything wrong necessarily. Doesn't mean I don't look back and say, hey, maybe things I could have done differently. You but, didn't do anything wrong. No, 100%. Yeah. I agree with that. But what I mean is like looking back, it's like, all right, I guess technically I could have maybe been a little lower or been here or whatever. Yeah. But uh, Danny went for a slider and he just wasn't able to clear it. And it got my left front and it flattened my left front. And yeah. ultimately, like we said, that was just an unfortunate situation that, um, you know, we just, we, we got the short end of the stick. He just, yeah. he drove through the left front. And then, you know, the last lap I'm out there, you know, just squirreling around trying to yeah. finish. And instead of, you know, transferring to, I guess, our second A main event of the week, we end up running sixth. And then that sends us to a B main event. So the heat race situation sent us to the B main event. And then yeah. I don't really know what went wrong in the B. One of the things we mentioned was like Sharon never takes rubber, or at least that's what we're told. And honestly, yeah. from video, that's what it looks like. I guess it is very, very good clay to where it's not dusty. And it can be as slick as it gets, but it just stays slick. And I don't yeah. really, I don't know all the, I'm not a dirt guy. I don't know the ins and outs of that, but it did end up getting abrasive. And so I don't know if maybe we just missed the abrasive part of the track by a little bit or, you know, what it was or me as a driver, but no matter what, it ended about five laps into the B and it was a racing deal. Our good buddy, Paul McMahon, which I actually had met at Wayne County, yeah. he uh, purchased some merchandise and, and Paul's such a good guy. He said, hey, if you guys need anything, yeah. just like a lot of people, but he was like, hey, if you guys need anything, any questions about racetracks, like come to me, yeah. you know, also he, a, he mentioned he watched the videos and whatnot. A big congrats if he sees this on his win the final night. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, $17,000. I, I think it was the Dean Niddle Memorial, Memorial at Portsmouth. Yep. So uh, that was incredible and awesome to see him get that Ohio Speed Week victory. I know it was a little bit of a tough week for the CJB guys, yeah. but uh, he hopped over my right front and like I told him I was a little bit of a roadblock just because we were struggling and I just wasn't able to get the drive off I felt like that everyone else had yeah. and so I slid up and he tried to fit through the gap and you know we're just we're racing hard he's trying to get to a transfer spot I'm trying to maintain and go forward didn't he come over and apologize yeah and I think did. that shows a lot of class and, and I think you even said this he didn't, it wasn't one of those situations where he really needed to apologize, yeah. but he came over. It's like over. he wanted to go out of his way and say, hey, look, like, I'm sorry right. that happened. And especially least. for being our team that's like, you know, we're not locals. We're from the West Coast where a lot of people well, are it, almost like. And it's almost very easy, like, being out of town, like we talk about being outsiders. Like, it's easy, honestly, for people 
I want to say to drive through, not yeah. drive through, but like for a situation like that, like that to happen and be like, yeah. Hey, those guys are just West coast. Like they're not from around here. Like yeah. they, they need to, I think they, we experience that through red bluff. Like yeah. some people will come out of town for red bluff for nationals in carts, and, and yeah. you know, you can slide them a little dirtier than the local guys and know you're not going to get it back. Taking advantage and stuff. So yeah, right. I think um, that was very classy and I just, yeah, definitely a huge shout out on the podcast because Paul's a good guy and you know, you definitely should buy his t-shirts and support yeah. him, you know, and it's awesome to follow him through. I mean, he's had an incredible, incredible career as well. Uh, but Sharon Speedway, it just got abrasive at the end of the night, but I still think it was one of the coolest racetracks we've ever been to. Yeah. And it's one of those places I would love to get back to tomorrow as well, right there with like Wayne County. And yeah. if I had that as a local place in my backyard, like I would enjoy racing there throughout the year. Yeah. That, uh, that track also, I think to mention too, is only a mile or two miles from the PA border. Yes. So a lot of people will, from PA associated with PA. So yeah. it's kind of weird. Like we were there. A lot of people would say this is PA, but really technically it's Ohio. So when you look at the regions, like if I could explain it without looking at a map, you have like the Ohio tracks and there's a lot of tracks in Ohio. Yeah. But like if you're on the Eastern side, like it's close to PA. So there's like Ohio racing, at least this is what I'm informed. Maybe I'm incorrect, but we have like Ohio yeah. and you have all the different tracks in Ohio and, and you know, maybe some guys will kind of stick to their local tracks and maybe won't go to different parts of the States, but you have Ohio and then you have like Sharon's on the Eastern side. So it's so close to PA. Yeah. And then you have that uh, Sharon, which is almost categorized with like, like Western Pennsylvania yeah. where there's not as much wing sprint car racing. And then as you go East and get to central and Eastern Pennsylvania, that's where you have like Williams Grove, Lincoln mm -hmm. port where they race a lot there. So there's almost like three little regions of different cars because like Western PA, a lot of the guys may be from that race over in central Pennsylvania yeah. don't get over to Sharon as much. So it's almost a little confusing. Yeah. Um, you know, all the, all the different areas, but well, it's funny. Like you mentioned, a lot of people have a different version of what is a good racetrack. Yeah. And a lot of people there have a, like they either love this part of Ohio or they hate it. And it's like, we're coming to all these tracks like, this is sick. We're trying to have open mind. But relate it back to California, I think me and you could totally say, these tracks are no good. We don't like these tracks, yeah. but we really like these tracks. And I think it's just kind of funny how, like, you don't really know that unless you run there all the time. So it's like, you know, we saw maybe the best version of that track one yeah, night. Yeah, that is true. And so if we go back, we might run it five other times and be like, that was terrible. Yeah, and we're also like, you know, trying to have an open mind going into it because you maybe see videos and you kind of know ahead of time, like, hey, this place might not be the best. Right. But then you're, you know, you get that good version of it. So you just, you don't know. Yeah. And so going into it, it's like, all right, let's just see what Ohio Speed Week throws at us yeah. at this particular night. And that's just what we have to tackle. Yeah. So that was night number four. Going into night number five, which it felt like uh, this was at the Waynesfield Raceway Park, which going into it, I figured it was going to be a pretty good racetrack because this was probably the one place I don't think I heard a negative comment about ahead yeah. of time. Like yeah. everyone's like, hey, you guys are going to love Waynesfield. And I think the promoter's son was a fan. So that was also neat pulling in. Yeah. We got a really good parking spot right up front by the grandstands and where they had the fan area. And then also where staging was. And one thing about Waynesfield that was different is it was way smaller in person. Like oh, yeah. I could not believe how like in the video, you know, it looks kind of small, but it's small, it's bank, it gets really slick and it's really fast. It is by far the fastest 410 track I've definitely ran. And what I mean by that, maybe not as far as high speed, but like with how small and banked it is, you're flying around there. Uh, Sam Haferteep Jr. broke the track record yep. on the night of Speed Week at a 10-1. So that's almost a nine second lap. And yeah. there's only a handful of tracks in the country where you can turn a nine second lap. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not it's even tiny. a whole lot to say about it. It's it, it's nuts. It reminds me of uh, Peeville on the West Coast, Placerville. Yeah. And then another cool thing to mention about the track when we first showed up is uh, someone, one of the fans actually mentioned this, too. They said, uh, is that a football, like high school football arena or field, whatever you want to call it, off in the distance? Well, actually, that's how small the stands are. Like, I don't really think there's much more stands here than at a f- high school football yeah. stadium. I mean, it was tiny. There, there's nothing to it. It was packed. Like, there were so many people. And I thought this was cool, too. I don't know if you saw this, but um, the main grandstands were kind of elevated. Yeah. People sat here. But you could also bring your lawn chairs and sit in front on the fence. It was- and so there was a lot of people standing and sitting there, which... Uh, that's pretty cool. It's probably the most simple facility of the yeah. week. There's literally the grandstands, there's the racetrack, there's the cornfields around the racetrack, and there's <laughs> a little it. there's a little gravel pit area that's very tight as well. So yeah. like not many acres of property. And I think there's a couple spots where people could park campers just in a field, but not like a campground or anything, which yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like I said, it was a very simple and clean facility. Yeah. And it's another racetrack that I would like to get back to just because you know, when we're kind of struggling a little bit throughout the week, we don't get a lot of laps because B mains are only 12 laps. Heat races are only eight laps. And if you're in the back of them, things happen really, really fast. And oh, so yeah. here I felt like, honestly, I wasn't bad in qualifying and definitely looking back at the footage uh, because I think we went out like second or third group. Uh, it, it definitely wasn't my best qualifying run in the moment. It didn't feel bad because you're yeah. just flying. You're on the gas. And I mean, a little bit of a dirt uh, or I wouldn't say a dirt mound, like a, a curb in, or yeah. cushion into turns one and two. And then yeah. three and four was narrow as well. And just very, very high speeds, a fast racetrack. And I just was, I just missed it a little bit in one and two. And that kind of screwed up my three and yeah. four. And so the smaller tracks, like we always talked about, is what we kind of are trying to work on the most. Well, uh, another funny thing too, to bring up, like this is kind of a funny story. And I know personally with this type of experience, and I think you can talk about it now too, is uh, you go out for hot laps. You set a stellar lap, your second quick, you're like, oh yeah, we're we're gonna be fastest in our group. We're gonna win this deal. And you go out for for qualifying and you lay down, I think, was it the slowest lap yeah, in the group? One, it was one of the, sl- yeah, it was it was one of the slow- slowest in the group. So yeah. you're like, you come back to the pits after that and you're like, what went wrong? How yeah. do you go out for hot laps, be so fast, come back, and then now you're struggling. And now you're just going back to the drawing boards. And I, like, what was your, what was your, thought process when that yeah. happened well because we had over like 40 cars yeah we were second quick in our group in hot laps and we were sixth, sixth overall yep. and honestly i didn't feel great in hot laps i didn't feel bad but i was like all right i was kind of surprised yeah that we were that high up but i'm like all right maybe we just you know we were fast, we're I, fast. Guess, I guess yeah. we're fast so and then and then qualifying and, and there's just it's so intense i can't even explain the intensity it's of tense, qualifying yeah. you know you're sitting there you're sitting there in staging right and you can see the guys you have in front of you and they're going, especially at this place, I mean, every, only every car is taking 30 seconds, maybe 30, yeah. 35, 40 seconds. And then they push the next one off and they're just like clockwork going, going, going. And so as you start moving farther up in the line, you know, you're getting, I'm getting nervous just because I don't have a lot of laps here. And I know the track's changing and it's like, all right, you know, what's my car going to do if I, you know, put it at this spot on the track or like, Hey, I just watched Kyle and Rico qualify yeah. and those guys were flying and they did this, but now everyone's running a little bit higher And so like, there's like a lot of little thoughts. And so you're just, you're maybe not, I wouldn't say I was overthinking, but you're just trying to analyze the situation. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once you step on the gas, all that goes out the window, but you're flying, you know, you're holding on the wheel and you're just going. So, um, I'm not really hundred percent sure what happened. I think it was just, you know, a couple mistakes. And with those guys, I mean, those couple mistakes cost so much time. It did. And so, uh, we ended up in the back of the heat race. The heat race went by. I honestly was I was all over at the beginning of the heat because the fast racetracks, it's just, it's hard to be up on the wheel the whole time. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how that, I don't, I don't know the best way to explain it. And it's not necessarily for some people, it isn't that bad, but for me, I'm more of like 
a technical, like a slow, like, you know, get the car right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how to explain you, it. You like to, an- well, I guess you could say in a racer's perspective, you like to analyze a race and when it's slow and you can, you know, if you haven't raced, you don't really know. But if you do race, you know, a track is at a certain point where it's slow enough. You can really think about your next move into the next corner yeah. and you can really experience that at Red Bluff. But I think in heat racing for sprint cars, uh, I think Peter Murphy really said it perfectly when we had him on the podcast six laps is all you need because everyone's going to single file in the tracks juiced up it's usually around the top and that's just what it is yeah and the track was very narrow too so like it all depends on your driving style if you are a fast and you're better on faster surfaces then you're going to thrive on kind of what we had at waynesfield to start the night but if you're more like me where you know the west coast a lot of our tracks slow down and i feel like that's where our team thrives it's like hey when people start spinning the tires and they're struggling like that's when we're driving to the front Front, and we're finding a better line and more momentum where waynesfield was kind of the opposite of that so they did what they could to try to widen it out because for qualifying it was especially just like one lane just gassed up uh but it did get better throughout the night and then in the heat race the last couple of laps since we did get one yellow for a restart man i was able to kind of regroup think about it and i was good for two or three laps but it's just it's you know we we need to do that for all eight laps and and i don't mean that like critical on myself it's just like it's tough it's just you know learning and trying to you know you have very few laps on the racetrack so uh that was kind of wayne's field we did go to the b main event we got involved on an incident where a car spun out in front of us on the first lap and we got back out there props to anybody that kind of jumped in in the hot pit there wasn't anything that needed to be fixed but they at least checked on me to make sure that there was anything wrong in the front end and well and i said in the video so i don't you know go in the first corner and end up in a cornfield that's what i was saying because i was sitting next to your mom and she's like well why did he go in or whatnot and i knew knowing you it's just one of those things where you go in and if you mentally know your race car's sound you're gonna have no problem driving it but i've definitely been in a situation under caution at Red Bluff, and I'm like, I don't know if my throttle is going to stick the next corner because the spring came off, it was light as a feather, and I know in a sprint car, I don't, I don't know, but I could imagine in a sprint car, it's way more intense not knowing if your car's stable. Well, and it's also like if you haven't been, you know, I guess if you're a veteran racer, you've seen so many different things happen to your race car, and like, don't get me wrong, I've seen a lot. You know, we've had. Um, we've had some wrecks and th- stuff happen to front end, rear yeah. end, whatever, but you just, you just never know. So like yeah. I had the opportunity to pull in the hot pit and I just wanted to go in there and have someone maybe say like, Hey, you're completely fine. Yeah. I didn't really get that answer, but I got like a halfway, like you're all right. Go just out there, out there and so, go. Yeah. So that wasn't the most comfortable feeling, but oh, Waynesfield's one of those places. And honestly, every racetrack, I found myself saying this. I wish that I could pause the racetrack where the condition is after the feature and have nobody out there and just go turn laps because that's yeah. almost what I need. Right. And because you just, you know, watching the guys up front, Larson, Rico put on a show. There was a um, Courtney was up there. I think that was the top three. Yeah. But those guys are on the gas the whole night. There's a huge cushion. They're moving around. They're sliding. The bottom was fast too. Yeah, they're able to maneuver. And so it's just incredible how hard these guys are able to drive their race car. And I think we're able to do that too. It just, you know, like I said, it's that time and and figuring it out and just getting a couple good laps because that's the type of driver I am. I need a little bit of a rhythm. And then once we get that, we can run with it. And so that was the Waynesfield Raceway Park. Banked, fast, pretty cool. Honestly, it was a neat track. We just didn't get to experience it as much. And also... Um, a night full of uh, meeting fans. And I think a lot of people, the expectation they said of Waynesfield, it definitely lived up to it. Yeah. And it was also cool to see Larson win the second, his second win of the, of the week. And, you know, Larson's dominant, but just to watch him win in person, 
you at least get to say it's you've different seen, than on flow. You've get to seeing Kyle Larson win a race in person, which is pretty cool. So that's kind of night number five. Then our final night of the week, which wasn't going to be our final night of the week, but because of rain and just yeah. a couple of um, different parts of our situation, uh, ended up being our our own speed week finale. And I'm yeah. probably going to mess up the name of the racetrack because I couldn't say it in the vlog, but Muskegon County. Muskegon. That, there you goes. hit it right I there. I hit it. Muskegon yeah. County. The vlog, like quick mention, we, we <laughs> shot the vlog clip at the end of the night, and I think we have bloopers on it that'll come up someday, but... It took probably eight tries Dude, just for I you to say I the name. I couldn't say it. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the chaos of the night, but uh, this was like the track going into it, complete oddball. No, yeah. They only run here once a year. No one really knows what to expect. And that's funny. This is one of those tracks everyone's like, this is going to be junk. It's a late model exactly. track. It's not going to be cool. Total opposite. I don't know. It was, a, it was great. And it was sick. One of the things I think going into it was, and it was, it was advised more then every other track was, this place was going to be dirty, but on a whole nother level. Yeah. The material just comes apart. And I don't know if I said it at Wayne County, but I ended up taping my vents yeah. at Wayne County. I tried that because someone or a couple other drivers had said, hey, like, you got to trust me here. You might want to tape your vents because if you're especially, you know, a couple rows back, you're not, you're not only you may not be able to see, but that, you know, gets into your helmet and then it's even yeah. more difficult. So uh, for the A-Main event and later at Muskegon County, I ended up taping my vents up. But anyway, starting the night, qualifying was phenomenal. Oh, it, it was really, really fast, right on the edge in the material, you know, didn't have a lot of grip. I think one thing to talk about before the night, so we're touring the facility. Ben and I are rolling around. We're getting some shots. Mm -hmm. uh, they had a couple ponds. People were like fishing somewhere, so we wanted to check that out. And we ended up getting the chance to talk to the owner of the place yeah. uh, who actually, I, man, I'm blanking on his name, but if you guys are watching this, you know, he won Is the- Is it Moran or Moran? Or it's Moran, yeah. Yeah, uh, Dylan, maybe? He, yeah he won the Eldora Million. Yeah, he's he, the million dollar man. He's the million and he dollar has man. The car there. And he was telling us about his cars and the facility and everything that they have there at Muskegon County. And I was like, man, this is this is kind of yeah. cool. And we were definitely in a different part of the state than what all the other tracks were at. So that was yeah. something different as well. Uh, but so we get talking to him and this guy is watering as much as he can. This, not only that, it's like I say this like charismatically. This guy's a wild man. Like yeah. when we were shooting a clip, he he gets out of his water truck while it's rolling down the backstretch to fill it up. And he's turning valves while it's yeah, driving. He gets out, yeah, and he's on yeah. the gas. Like, he's flying around at 100 <laughs> miles an hour. Yeah. You know, water in the racetrack, and it's like, you know, it, it looks like it's almost getting to the point of rough, and it's not doing anything. It's just drying mm -hmm. out. So right before the pit meeting, we go back up to the racetrack to check it out, maybe two hours after we talked to him, and he had watered it a lot. Yeah. And it's rough. It looks like it rained. They're packing it in while he still has water <laughs> pouring on it. Like, I can't even describe it to you. Yeah, it, it's soaked. It looks like it's already starting to get rough. We're like, great, here we go. Like, yeah. what, what, what did we get into? Like, maybe this place is going to live up to the name that everyone's, you know, describing yeah. it as. And immediately we get out there, we do one lap of, you know, engine heat. And by hot laps, like it was already, it's already slicking, it's off. already peeling apart. I'm like, all right, no worries. Even though it was rough, it peels apart so bad that it just smoothens out. It's kind of, right. it's kind of cool. It was sick. And so uh, for qualifying, we were actually pretty good in our group. We ended up third quick and then we had our heat race. So I started front row outside yeah. and the heat race, honestly, I didn't feel like I made a lot of mistakes, but just one of the things I think throughout the week, and it took me a lot of nights to figure it out, it's like if there's a way you can actually start driving on offense instead of defense, yeah. because the all-stars are so good. So a lot of the week I found myself on defense, and that's what happened in the heat race at Muskegon County, mm -hmm. is I just, I, I going in the first corner, I think I had a, the 21 car underneath Britain. me. Yeah, Brent Marvel. And he looked like he was going to go to the outside. I um, mean, because he had got a good jump, but I was also right there with him. It wasn't like I was sleeping on the start. Yeah. And I kind of did like, 
um, a move I learned in outlaw carts sometimes, like, hey, if they are going to slide you into turn one and you can slide them yeah. at the same time, go for it, except I just didn't get enough of a run. And how the racetrack is, it's flat on the bottom and it banks up. Yeah. So the banking is actually, you know, it's obviously faster if you can keep your momentum up. And I just got stuck on the bottom and wasn't able to complete the move. Yeah. So that got us all out of sorts. We ended up falling back to third within a lap and I just didn't get going. I ended up falling out of the transfer spot on the last lap. So we fall back to sixth and it's just been a long week. It's been yeah. tough. It's been difficult. We're not going to lie to you guys. Like these guys are good. And it's, you know, it's hard to even find confidence in little things because, you know, we're, we're struggling a little bit. Like, yeah, we qualify good, but then you go back in your heat. It's just like an up yeah. and down. Every single night's up and down. And, you know, we're trying to stick with it. So we got there for the B main event. We start fifth and we're looking at the B. We're like, all right, there's some good guys in here. We can make it out, but you know, yeah. we're going to have to make it happen. And I, I wouldn't say like in myself, a light switch flip, but I just, once I finally got some good laps around the racetrack, I was like, man, I actually feel really comfortable out here. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in the heat race, I was more on defense the whole time. But when I actually found myself being able to get to that point of offense, I was like, all right, we're ripping. Like, we're, yeah. we're doing good. And uh, we had a couple cars get in a couple of incidents, which did help us out. That definitely contributed to us making the A-Main event. Yeah. But we were throwing sliders back and forth with guys and even down to the last lap. An incredible battle with, I think it's the Premier Motorsports. 70. Blue 70. You guys have definitely seen him um, racing along the East Coast. But we're going back and forth. He slid me down the back stretch. I was able to cross him and get back by. And then he slid me again. And I was able to get back underneath him. And then on the last lap, uh, we blocked the slider. And he went in for a bomb and wasn't able to complete it. But yeah. we got the last transfer spot into the A-Main event. I think, uh, so I was sitting down in three and four, dang near on the track, just shooting clips and whatnot. And my the biggest high or the biggest thing that I saw that I just went nuts over was the two-for-one special Tanner got on Schoenberg in the 70. And also a big hats off to Hunter. I mean, Schoenberg is fast. He was yeah. really good. He's he was always, doing a lot of slides. He's jobs. always on point with that. But uh, just I've never really seen you race a sprint car almost like an outlaw car. And I don't, and I, it's, it's kind of hard. I know I might get crap in the comments for comparing the two, but you really did chop and just dice it up with the sprint car yeah. as hard as I've seen you do it in an outlaw car. And I thought that was just one of the coolest races to watch. And uh, I know a lot of people on flow uh, right after that, me and you are getting blown up on social media. Like that was awesome and whatnot. And then uh, just going into the main event, we had just we, oh, anyway, morale we, was high. Yeah, we, were we high. did. We had, we were up there in confidence. You know, we gained, it's crazy how things can change in 12 yeah. laps, but making the show. And I think that was one thing that was a good, that was a really good point is like, that is the goal is like, because in the outlaw cart, you know, we're racing those so hard because I've been running them for a while. So like, I know all the moves. I don't mean that like that. Like I know everything, but like, yeah. you know, you can throw slide jobs, chop in, like how to race competitors yeah. and how to put yourself in a spot to where like, you're going to drive away from these guys and play your cards better. And so I would agree. I kind of got to a point of like confidence and getting going to where the B main event, you know, I felt, I felt really good. And I yeah. was, and I was, I was actually racing hard on offense and then going into the A-Main event, starting last, you know, I was like, all right, let's just try to go forward. You got nothing to I mean, lose. You're not going to go backwards. There was no provisionals behind us. Yeah. And for some reason, they couldn't get through the first corner. We had three, three. two or three yellows, or no, two yellows and a red, I think. Two yellows I and a red. I think it was two yellows and a red. Um, a license, someone got collected in the second yellow. And then the red was, someone rolled off the track, I think, yeah. off the top. Because it was actually, like, it was really banked off. And then um, I, I remember sitting down there and the down and three and four everyone's parked by me and i'm like we're not we're not going to get this deal in and then yeah. also a quick mention uh for anyone that sits in the stands there i feel so bad because you cannot see how dusty it is for the main event yeah and so even the half laps we got it was already so dusty Couldn't see anything. like and we haven't even turned a full lap yet but uh you know we end up getting going finally on the 
the real start. Yeah, so they ended up going single file. Well, the fir- t- actually, talking about the first start, yeah. I wish it would have went in a way. I mean, every start for us was good because guys, like, it's so dusty for us drivers. Some guys check up and some guys stay in the throttle, which can be very sketchy. Yeah. Uh, and so we, I think I gained three spots probably on the initial start, and it was looking like I was going to gain more because I was in a spot to where they were getting trapped on the bottom, and a lot of guys were losing momentum. And I was just rolling right through the slick because the racetrack's very wide, and it's dirty, and it's just, you kind of just go wherever you can go and you you yeah. try to make the best of it. And a lot of guys were rolling around the bottom because there was a little bit of grip down there, which it wasn't bad once we spread, we were getting spread out. But, yeah. you know, when we're running. I think uh, entry-wise, the bottom was really good. Yeah. But just exit, get off. nothing. There's and nothing. So, and usually that's kind of reverse. Yeah, like it, exit, it was weird. It's always good. Yeah, usually you can get the straightaway drive. And honestly, I felt pretty good no matter where I ran. I didn't really touch the bottom in three and four, but everywhere else I was kind of running. So once we got going, I yeah. kind of found something uh, into turns three and four on the top. And it's like, it's a pretty thin line, honestly. Yeah. Uh, we had the race car really good. So props to the whole crew. Uh, Roger, my crew chief, he really had us dialed into where we could rip right on the outside. And into three and four, a lot of guys weren't up there. I couldn't yeah. believe it. I don't know if it's just visibility. I mean, granted, I think there was something that changed in me to where, like I said, that confidence level, even yeah. with the low visibility, I kind of somehow found my marks every single lap. So we start driving by some cars. It- well, I was going to say, too, uh, you know, like you mentioned, we have all these starts that don't happen. Well, at this time, after the first or the after the three, four, three starts that don't happen, we come on the four start that's going to happen. At this time, we have Zeb Wise behind you, Corey Eliasson, Danny Dietrich, I believe. Rico Abreu wrecked Rico out. Rico Abreu wrecked out. But, you know, you have literally all-stars, regulars, PA possibly. Like, you have yeah. so many stout drivers behind you. Because they all got an incident. Right. And you drove away from them. And yeah. like, that's, that's pretty nuts. You don't, I mean, you 100%. just don't normally do that, but, uh, we were all like, wow, you've got speed and it was awesome to watch. So we gained about five spots, you know, going into that first, what ended up being our real start once we got yeah. going. And that was a kind of a shorter run, maybe like five or six. Yeah. Laps. It wasn't very long, but we, we started getting a couple cars. Then we had a yellow. And I think at this point, you know, we're maybe 16, 17, I don't remember, yeah. but we just kept going forward and forward yeah. and forward. And I'm just ripping the top in three and four and, and no one was up there. I yeah. couldn't believe no one was up there. A couple guys work in the middle, but uh, be, I think where it was so good is because it was, you know, the track's so banked up there and there wasn't really grip, but you're just riding yeah. the hill. And then by the center of the corner, that's when you catch the grip because there's just a little bit to hold you coming off so you can get that straightaway launch and we're rolling and rolling and rolling. I'm like, man, we got to be up here. I know, uh, I think at one point or right before the disaster struck, I got up behind Jack and Jack, I think was probably, I knew he was around eighth or ninth. So I'm like, yeah. right, we're, we're close to the top 10 or we're, if not, we're in the top 10. Yep. And it's just getting a little bit tougher to run up top, a little bit tougher. And honestly, I haven't even got the chance to watch the video back all the way because I'm just getting to the part of editing it. But I just missed the corner. Like, I, and I didn't even miss it. I just got the right rear off it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I, I, it was getting a little hard to see. And my right rear just got off it and it sucked me off and yeah. I was done. So I fell back, I think, from, you know, eighth or ninth all the way back to 18th. And then we passed a couple of cars, maybe one or two, and, and just going back and forth a lot. But we yeah. were running, we were running really good. So I think that's the disappointment, obviously, of like, man, that was going to be our night. Like, if we keep going yeah. with, when I slid off, there were still plenty of laps in the race. You know, we might have a top five run get a yellow, we might be in contention to run really far up front, but it just it just didn't line up how we were hoping to. Well, one of the funny things too is like, although that night had kind of went like disappointing because it was going to be our best night yet, it still was our best night yet. It was. Like, it was awesome. And then a quick question for you. When you're running that good and you know you're just rolling past everyone, like you're going tub, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> do, you, do you experience a mind change that is more of 
hit your marks to I'm just gonna drive like I'm I'm pumped. Like you, you almost get pumped up in the car like I'm I'm rolling. Like you just know Honestly, you're faster. I think there was only one moment I kind of can remember where I was like, man, like we're we're actually running really good. Like yeah. kind of that, but like I don't know, you're so locked in and like it yeah. takes so much concentration. Like one and two, it was more like trying the biggest thing I was just trying to pay attention to where guys were at in front of me because like I said, the visibility wasn't good. Yeah. And I was waiting for someone to change it up and start taking my line away. So yeah. I was also preparing like, hey, what if I got to switch up what I'm doing? Because it's working, but what if my car's not good if I have to go somewhere else? Yeah. And so uh, that didn't actually, that never ended up happening. But I was just like, hey, keep hitting your marks, keep hitting your marks. Because like I talked about three and four, you know, at the beginning of the race, I felt like I was more straight, but kind of by later, I'm getting a little bit looser and a little bit looser because it's yeah. just, it's folding over the lip that was there. And so eventually there's just nothing. Yeah. And that's where I slid off because I just got in. I wasn't able to get the car where it needed to be, yeah. and that's my fault, and I slid off the edge. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think there's, like, the moment of, like, oh, my gosh, we're flying. It's just, like, man, this yeah. is going good. But, like, you know, things can change like it did in a matter of laps. Yeah, I was just curious about that because I know, like, there's instances and, in, you know, other variations of sports or racing where you know you're, like, okay, I think we, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm checked out. I'm going to transfer. I'm going to win this. And I didn't know if you had maybe had gone through that where – uh, you know, something like a mind change like that helps your driving or whatnot. So that was definitely our best run yet of Ohio Speed Week. And I think when a situation like that happens where you fly off the track, like we just got to keep our composure. I know it sucks, but you just got to, you got to finish the race. You obviously yeah. can't give up there. And I think it just overall makes you better when we go back to tracks like that. Even when we're in that situation again at a completely different racetrack where there's no possibility of sliding off the edge. It's just, yeah. you know, you got to have the concentration. You got to just try to be Perfect. And also maybe, you know, in that case, maybe it's you switch up your driving a little bit, not to where you're more conservative. I don't want to use that word, but you know, maybe that's where like at that track, if I start moving down, maybe a car length on entry because it's almost gone and you just try to, you know, drive it, you know, through the slick more, you know, I'm, I don't know. There's just so many um, different ways that that could go. Yeah. Um, but anyway, overall, a really fun night. We were really fast. And I think that's a, that's a good way for us to end the week on a win. Yeah. We ended up not running a uh, Portsmouth because the chance of rain was very, very high, and they ended up getting it in. Uh, Limeland. Also, Limeland Lime canceled. Limeland canceled, yeah, yeah. Which we were we were so disappointed about that, yeah. because, I mean, we wanted to do the iRacing versus real-life video, uh, which I have had on my list for years and years to do, but that's okay. I'm sure we'll get the chance to do that when we go Someday. to Knoxville uh, later in the year, so yeah. we'll get that opportunity. But as far as, like, the whole week, I have a couple of things on my phone that I want to go through before we kind of wrap up the episode one thing to mention, shout out to the All-Star Circuit of Champions. Yeah. They were great to us all week. Nice people. If you guys need anything, let us know. Um, always trying to give us information on the different racetracks, like, hey, park here, do this, do this. Um, just, you know, great people, a great series. Even and some of the other host teams, like, yeah, the teams were great. There was a lot of teams that reached out, maybe if they had, like, a fan that was a crew member or something. They brought or us water, of drivers. snacks. Yeah. Oh, okay, That. thank you for reminding me, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Stephanie Linder, yep. which the Linders are big in Ohio 410 sprint car racing. Uh, Stephanie Linder does all the organization stuff for donations for the teams. Mm -hmm. So they they had like water for us all, or they had they brought water to us. There was fans that donated money specifically to our team. So shout out to them. Mm -hmm. uh, granola bars, snacks, goldfish, like candy, like all these little things. It helps. Uh, it stuff helps. for like um, washing clothes if we went to a laundry mat, quarters mm -hmm. for the car wash, like 
more stuff than that. Um, also like brake clean, WD forty, just little things that yeah. you know may not seem like a lot, but that's huge. Like yeah. that that really, and also just the effort that they put in. So shout out to Stephanie Linder and every fan that participated, not only donating to our team, but just you know supporting it, dirt track racing as a it whole. It just makes you feel like uh, it's you a know going moment. going in there. We definitely thought you know we're the outsiders. Leaving, I'm not going to say we know everyone, but it feels like leaving, we left kind of a family fan base type of thing. You know what I mean? With the fans and also, yeah, with other teams, like we met other drivers and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe people or people that we've seen on social media and went back and forth a little bit that we got the chance to meet in person. And uh, overall, the Ohio Speed Week was such a, a positive experience. Oh, yeah. And uh, like I talked about, fans were amazing. I really, really want to get back there and, and hang out with those guys again and hear your guys' stories. There's just so many interactions where yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. Just like hearing people's stories or how they found the vlogs or, you know, the impact. And I don't mean that in like a, a boastful way, like yeah. legit, like, man, this is so cool. The community and stuff that we can have because of the internet yeah. and social media. And now we actually get to meet them in person. It was funny. We had a good amount of fans come up to us that became fans that night almost because they're like, you came from Oregon yeah, and we're like, yeah. And they didn't know who we were. And I'm not saying like everyone should know, but uh, they're like, you guys came all the way from Oregon. How far was that? And I was like, yeah, you know, 36 hours, 2,045 yeah. miles. Like, yeah. And they were like, wow, props to you guys. That's cool. Well, and also I think um, a, a good mention to our previous guest on Off the Track, Blake Anderson, you yeah. know, with the All-Stars, he did a great job hyping us up. Like every yeah. single time he announced us, you know, from Oregon and, um, you know, just always, you know, talked highly about our race team. So we want to give a shout out to him as yeah. well, because that obviously helps it because was, e- everyone hears that over the mic. It's cool. Uh, Blake always will, when he announces and he's got a little downtime on the the program, he'll talk to, talk about talking to people during the day or going golfing mm-hmm. or fishing or whatnot. So I thought it was cool to be able to talk to Blake in the production trailer for just a little bit, because it's always cool to go meet the people that you uh, interview. Uh, we got to talk to Bill Baylog. Yeah, yeah Bill so Baylog. It's always just cool. To these go are talk- guys that like, you know, we reach out to. Yeah, yeah. Reach out to, and then like when we you know call them or we do the video chat, like it's it's not a cold call, but I mean you know we're seeing them for the first time through the computer screen. So like you mentioned, to talk to them in person, it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, also one thing I guess to mention, you talked earlier in the episode about some of the diecast. Do you want to maybe describe some of the stuff you got throughout the week? Yeah. So it's funny. The first night at Attica, they had some diecast cars, and it's both the red ones I picked up, which is Ricky Rudd and then Bobby Labonte. And then also we have another Ricky Rudd car here and a Ron Hornaday Jr. car that I got later in the week. But the Tony Stewart car over here, the Mark Martin car, the Mark Martin on top, the 32 car, and the other Ricky Rudd car, a fan actually donated that and came up to me and he's like, hey, you know, I had a bunch of these when I was a kid or he had a box full of them. He's like, I want to give you guys some. So uh, a big shout out to you. I'm sorry. I'm I think it was it was Mark actually. Yeah, maybe it maybe it was a Mark. Shoot, I Mark I, or I Mike? <laughs> yeah, dude, is one of the two. But anyways, big thank you to you. You came over and yeah. you brought one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. We actually have a car cover for the six car of Mark Martin's car, yeah. and I've never had a diecast with an actual car cover, so. Uh, I, I shouted him out in my video. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, and sorry, we just meet so many people yeah. throughout the week. It's just, you know, cause there was like, after even he gave that to us, there's, you know, there's lines of people you're trying to get yeah. through it and that's during the night. And, uh, but yeah, no, that was so cool to have that addition to the studio so, just to kind of add, you know, a little bit to our diecast Yeah, for, for a while now, we're going to go ahead and leave them here on our centerpiece. And then also a lot of other fans brought us like cookies and stuff. Like, yeah, that's just so cool. Cookies. We had uh, someone brought us an Ohio state hat, yeah. you know, to kind of, you know, a souvenir for our trip. So all that stuff gets 
gets added into the studio and like maybe in a year or two when this thing's completely done as we slowly add to it mm -hmm. uh you guys will be able to see your memorabilia that you gave to us or what other fans you know here in the community uh gave to our we'll team. have to do like one of those um 3d 360 yeah. pictures so yeah. we'll be able to post that and if you are the one that had donated or brought us something comment below uh, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. So now, um, into our little last segment before we kind of wrap up the podcast, mm. we got to rank the six tracks that we went okay. to first to six and no hard feelings. If yeah. you know where the racetrack is located, there's a lot of little factors that kind of put, you know, each racetrack, uh, into the spot that it is. Are we agreeing on this or is this each of our six, no, this, my six and your six, this, this is your six and my six. Okay. So I, I, you, should we start at the top or yeah, no, no, no. Let's work our way down. Okay. Okay. So, okay, so yeah. numbers, number six, I'll let you go first and then okay. I'll go. What's your number six, number six track. I'm sorry to say, but Attica, yeah, I mean, okay. So we're on the same page here. Attica, I think uh fan it's, when I say he was, it was not my least favorite track is because of the track and the racing yeah. work. No, we're talking specifically mainly on racing. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say the tracks or the fans and the people and the hosts, they were awesome. Yeah. And the facility was cool, but I'm going to say track wise, I'm going to go with Attica. And six. I think a part of why maybe we both agree on Attica is just, it was our first night in Ohio. So also we're acclimating, we're trying to figure it out. I hadn't been in the 410 for a little bit. Yeah. So that contributed to like, maybe if we we're in the A main event, we get some more laps in a little bit of a different outlook. But the main thing about Attica that I struggled with and something that's going to take more laps there is just how it kind of stayed fast throughout the night. I didn't yeah. really see guys like even um, Peck. So Peck, went, he was out front in the A-Main event. He was checked out. Yeah. He went to the back after an incident and he really didn't pass a lot of cars, mm -hmm. even though he was the fastest guy out front. And that's just that tight, dirty air too. It, the dirty air, the dirtiness in the racetrack. So to me, I just didn't feel like that on that particular night, it didn't race that well. So this is, you know, judging it off just one night, but yeah. uh, on to what, what's your number five? Number five, I'm going to have to go with uh, Wayne County. Wayne County. Okay. Yeah. So mine's Waynesfield. Okay. Uh, so we're on different. So why Wayne County? I'm going to go Wayne County just because, you know, I thought it was great to watch races but when larson got out front it was kind of uh checked out it was two lane racing but uh it was a bigger check and i think yeah. some of the other racing actually <laughs> oh we're having a switch up i take it back number five was sharon because really? it rubbered down if okay. sharon was a qualifying sharon and a heat race sharon it'd be my number but one wayne county's your number four probably one wayne county's number four so gotcha. i'm gonna go sharon five just because it rubbered down I'd love to come back so I can change this order though. Yeah, so I would say my number five is Waynesfield just because I, another track I didn't get a lot of laps on and it was super narrow to yeah. start the night. The racetrack at the end of the night looked really, really good, but yeah. I just didn't get to experience that. And, and I don't know, there's just something about that style of racing that I still need to work on a lot. And it's yeah. not necessarily my favorite. So it's not like I wouldn't want to go back there. I would absolutely love to go back to that racetrack, but it's just not like when I think of what my perfect style of racing, that is the most fun to watch, most fun yeah. to be behind the wheel and not even, but just, um, you know, a good playing field for everyone. It just, to me, it, it wasn't necessarily that, but, uh, Waynesfield okay. was still a great track. That's my number five. And then my number four is Wayne County. Okay. Uh, I thought Wayne County was, was really unique. I like how both ends were a little bit different. I felt like it raced really well up front. Yeah. And, um, like I've been saying, a lot of this kind of goes off our results, you know, as yeah. a driver, uh, but, but Wayne County, the facility, all that was good. The racing, um, it was, it was dusty as usual, yeah. but I mean, hundred percent, you know, the guys weren't necessarily driving completely through the field. The guys that were kind of up front were up front. Yeah. I see. And when I, when, when we rank these, we loved all the tracks, by the way, yeah. and I, it's hard to pick because the racing yeah, we're not was like great. To, we're not trying to make it sound like we didn't yeah. like the tracks. Main event wise, Sharon would be last for me because it was single lane 
but it's four for me just because of qualifying in the yeah. heat race. But uh, main, main or main event, which puts it in fourth place, is single file for thirty five laps, I believe. Yeah. And it was just rubber. And I mean, you, you, it's as a spectator, as a fan, it's just not fun to watch. Yeah. And, um, and I that's the reason that place is number four. It's a good chance too for you guys to hear even our differences and our thoughts yeah. um, from the track. But qualifying is probably number yeah. one. Like it was sick. So number three, what's your number three? Number three, that's a toss up. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go with uh, Wayne Waynesfield. Waynesfield. Waynesfield, yeah. Because I thought um, racing was pretty cool. It was awesome throughout the whole night. Um, it was a tighter bull ring. And I thought, uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was a cool, I thought it was a cool facility. So it kind of just ranked there in between. It had a great finish for the main event. Yeah. And, you know, it was exciting up front. Larson and Rico battled it out there for a little bit, but, uh, I'm going to go with number three there. So my number three would be Muskegon County. That was our best run wow. of the best run of the week. Yeah, yeah. And then also I honestly, you know, I know some people disliked it and I know it's really hard to see from the grandstand. So from like a fan's spec or point, I could see why like you could rank that last. Cause yeah. you, you can't even see the races almost, yeah. but from behind the wheel, because I felt like we were dialed in and honestly, I thought it was fairly racy how you could work the bottom middle and even close to the top. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, man, I, I, this place was kind of fun. It was different, yeah. but it was also close to, it was close to my style, but also different, unique in its own way. So, uh, I would say Muskegon County would be number three for me. I think now, we agree on number two. What's your number two? Fremont. Yeah. Fremont. Fremont. I, yeah. Yeah. Fremont was really Fremont good. Was sick. It was slick. It was slick all night. Super slow racy slide each other had a great finish to the a. I mean there wasn't yeah it wasn't rough really I mean there wasn't anything really to not like about Fremont that's the funny part is so a lot of people say either Fremont's slick bone slick and smooth or it's rougher in hell and I want to go and watch it when it's rough because I yeah. I'm a I'm actually a big fan of cowboy up tracks and I feel like it's a really technical race yeah. form when it's cowboy up it may be more dangerous but I would like to see Fremont like that. Yeah. And I think it provided for great racing. The whole front was just so dynamic in the main event. It was just action packed. And even back where, you yeah. know, you were running is very entertaining. And that's where we're opposites. I definitely don't want to see a rough racetrack just because. No, I, well, no, I don't want to see it all the time. Yeah, I'm just no, a I hear fan you. of it too. No, I hear you. Like just the different characteristics, like for me, rough and, and also the definite, what people's definition of rough is because yeah. uh, there, there would what be was like. The, what was the race we just watched? The ASCS race. Oh, uh, uh, Lake Ozark. A couple that's weeks stupid. Ago. Yeah. That's that, dumb. Something, that's not, yeah. that's just, that's a motocross track. I don't yeah. like that rough. But yeah, like one or two ruts in, and also like what everyone's definition of rough is because at sometimes people would say like we'd watch videos on yeah. flow before and people like yeah it's really rough there's always a hole into turn one but like almost compared to what our rough tracks get like out here it's a different story yeah. as well so yeah that rough was so we can both agree fremont number two which yeah. um that was another one of the racetracks where you know hearing everyone's fan viewpoint everyone yeah. always said we that fremont was, was not, not gonna, gonna be, be as good one, yeah. but man i enjoyed it i, I really did, did. So, i thought the whole facility was cool what, what was uh what's your number one muskegon muskegon okay yeah. so that's fair yeah muskegon was really good my number one was sharon which i know is like kind of confusing so, maybe because of the rubber but i wasn't i didn't experience that so yeah. like for me Sharon in a heat race or Sharon qualifying is like the coolest racetrack you'll ever see. Well, so I, I don't know. It doesn't get better than that. I totally agree. And I think it's funny here is so if we've only ran the track each one once and I hear Muskegon's going to be junk, but Sharon was junk and it's supposed to be great. So, you know, if we ever go back and run again, it could be totally opposite. Yeah. But the reason I place Muskegon like uh, number one is because the racing throughout the whole night was fantastic. It was very dicey. The racing up front was dicey. In the back, it was two lanes. And I think that was kind of the best two-lane racing that held out the whole night. Yeah. And then the only thing that would rank it lower for me 
is the dust. Yeah. Like, and we sat for the modified. Yeah, even was mod- it, it was modified or whatever version of uh, f- well, Fender style. Well, no, no, it's UMP modifieds. But well, did we watch the sprint cars too? We I think we watched, watched the yeah. first. Yeah, we did the dashes. Yeah, yeah. The dashes. There's five cars out there, and it's dusty. It it was so bad. Like it was so dusty, and they were selling uh ski goggles down below. That's how dusty it is. Like they're branding their own ski goggles to yeah. get the dust out of your face. But I think uh, I I would agree. Sharon qualifying wise and heat race probably number one. Like that was sick. Yeah. Um, I would really wish that was a, a you, main event. You track. almost just persuaded me to move Muskegon to, to one because like man, when you do. Th- think about it like yeah the racing was good up front like two lanes the racing was good where i was at like the heat races were good and so yeah it, it's a single toss-up. car was yeah it single car, no, it was two car, two car. so yeah. yeah it all just really depends on you know what surface you get on that night and you know heck we could go back and run all those tracks again and we would say attica is the best because yeah. attica was good so it just all depends but that's kind of our uh, top six i guess we'd be interested i think here. all all that i got from that is we're going back because yes. we got to run them again so that's the last question well first off Put your top six in the comment section down below from watching or being at the racetrack. I'd love to hear what your favorite Ohio track is. To end the podcast, there's one more thing we have to talk about. Yeah. Now, after doing that, would we consider moving to the state of Ohio? And I think I'll tell you straight up right now, 100% yes. I've been on Zillow already. I was on Zillow looking for places. Yeah, I think think Ohio is kind of our next step in a way. And I'm not saying that like 100%, man, where we want to move to Ohio. A lot of logistics to work out. Yeah, there's obviously a lot of things. But we're talking in a perfect world if like we could just do something tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I think uh, moving to Ohio for our program would be good because it's such a good central location. You can head towards Knoxville. You can head towards PA. Indiana, if you uh, want to go non So we talked to Lee Jacobs, who's a racer in the state of Ohio, 410s. Yeah. And uh, his kids are a, a fan of the video. It was awesome talking to their family. But he said that he runs a part-time schedule in Ohio this year, and they are doing about 50 races. Yeah. That, that's a pretty big part-time and schedule. And what's your full schedule out here? I think this year we're doing about 65 races, you and know, between even, here and out there. 65, 70. Even lower than that, if you put together a full 410 yeah. schedule out here, isn't it only like 30? Yeah, it's got to be 30. 30? Yeah, it's not a lot of shows. So it really falls off a lot. Yeah, and that's like running from, you know, Southern Cal- or Central California all, all the way, way to, to Washington, Washington for yeah. outlaw shows and stuff like that so but he says they never travel more than two and a half or three hours and they can run like 50 shows and they can run friday saturday and sundays and you know the, yeah. uh, some of ohio speed week and stuff like that so i think for us the goal the goal you know in a yeah. perfect world is like we would love to move to ohio and, or somewhere out there just because it's you yeah. know even indiana because it's just good for going a little bit south yeah. going towards knoxville and going towards pa and when you say move out there like we said there's a lot to work out but that wouldn't necessarily mean the whole everything moves out there. Maybe yeah. just a race team. And then that way, you know, you have somewhere in the wintertime, it stays out there. Yeah. There's just a lot of different variations. But that way, we could come back here and run, yeah. you know. And we, so and many we wouldn't ways. be out there for the whole year. You right. know, you probably go out there at the beginning of April and you come back at the end of September. And, yeah. you know, there's... there's You just hit the race season hard. There's That's many, yeah, is. there's many different ways you could do that. And like I said earlier in the podcast, like Ohio is a place I actually legit was like, man, I think I could live here and I would like it because yeah. it's a lot of small towns. That's what I love. At well, least I, you don't I, have to pay the fee to get in every time. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. So like little things like that. And uh, Ohio, man, I think, you know, if, if we could make it happen, if there's anybody watching, like, man, I would love to drive someone's race car out there or drive my own stuff, whatever. Yeah. But I think Ohio is really where it's at for local racing right there with PA. Yeah. Just if you're in PA, it's a lot farther to go to Knoxville 
if that makes sense. You're just, you're not as centrally located yeah. versus if you're in Ohio, you can run all their tracks. You can head West, you can head East. So I think that's a, uh, we got to get out to Lernerville because I got an offer to drive a four banger out there. <laughs> so <laughs> if we're going out there in your car, I need to get a four banger. Lernerville is just in Western PA and yeah. a lot of, you know, that's close to Sharon. That's a lot of guys, the that best part there. about Ohio. It's so close to even every track yeah. is in. Yeah. You're not traveling nine hours to go race. Like we have to sometimes, but anyway, I think that's going to kind of wrap up the yeah. Ohio speedway. Is there anything else? I, I, not really. I mean, other than just a big thank you to everyone that came and said hi, bought yeah. merch. Uh, it was truly an eye-opening experience, and I think me and you just we just want to keep working as hard as possible. Yeah, we definitely want to get back out there, and it was a, a huge motivation for that. And a shout out to our crew, and yeah. you know, more importantly, my mom and dad uh, for you know making it happen as well, and you know, working hard and taking the time off from family business. Chris and Carly, Chris the whole nine Carly, yards, yeah. the crew, everyone. You know, we put our heart and soul into this program, and this is this is what we do. We're racers, and that's all we commit our time to. Yeah. And it was um, a trip that I think we'll remember forever. So. Thank you guys so much for watching episode number 23. Our season doesn't stop, though. We now head to Dirt Cup for $15,000. Tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning. Yeah. yeah, it's literally, it's 1021 right now at night. We've been shooting for about two hours almost. But, man, we love what we do. We're going to continue doing what we do. And now it's time to focus on the biggest race in the Pacific Northwest each year, $15,000 to win ASCS National yep. Dirt Cup. And, man, let's, uh, let's get after it. So we'll be signing yeah. off, and we'll see you guys next week. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are watching Off the Track, and it is time to drop the hammer.